Hey guys, Eric here, and I want to talk to you real quick about the dailydownforce.com. Every day, this website covers the latest news and trends in NASCAR, from silly season right through the checkered flag in Phoenix. Need a new morning routine as soon as you wake up? Well, now you have it, dailydownforce.com. This is the website I use to keep up with the industry, the drivers, and of course, what the community is talking about. And speaking of community, dailydownforce.com is also home to some of your other favorite NASCAR content creators. Plus, they've got all sorts of information that I like to keep bookmarked, like schedules, penalties, ratings, and everything you want to know. Oh, and be sure to check out the merch shop while you're there to find some exclusive diecasts and collectibles. So check out dailydownforce.com, that's dailydownforce.com, and I'll see you in the replies. Hey y'all, Rick Houston here, and I want to tell you about my new show, the Moonshine and Motorsports Racing Podcast. I've partnered up with the state of North Carolina Department of Natural and Cultural Resources to help uncover the history behind moonshining mountain boys, professional wheelmen, and the backwoods and city lights of the Tar Heel State. In the first episode, I sat down with Winston Kelly at the NASCAR Hall of Fame for a little behind-the-scenes gossip about Junior Johnson's engineering skills. He's got two things in his hand, pipe wrench and channel lock pliers, and they weren't new. They had been been around the block a time or two. What's the first deal they built, I bet? No, no. I think the the pliers had been red before, but paint had worn off. And in the second episode, I talked to a professional hillbilly, a.k.a. Dr. Daniel Pierce of UNC Asheville, to find out the real history of moonshiners and their battles with the revenuers. He wrote about one of his experience of trying to chase down this uh, this bootlegger and this this souped up car, and he he complained that the government gave him these piece of crap, cheapo cars, and that, that were really no match. But he thought he was doing pretty good, and then the guy just hits it and just takes off and practically disappears. But then the guy makes a bootleg turn uh, and comes back towards him. And as he said, it was a game of chicken, and I was the chicken. And so he ran off the road. And actually, he was the guy who who caught Junior Johnson at his daddy's steal when Junior got tangled up in a a barbed wire fence. So check out the Moonshine and Motorsports Racing Podcast, available on YouTube, dailydownforce.com, and all of your favorite podcasting platforms. And be sure to check out my regular show on NASCAR history, the Scene Bought Podcast. Hey there, NASCAR fans. Have you got your copy of the latest edition of NASCAR Pole Position Print Magazine? If not, there's no better time than now to subscribe at PolePositionMag.com. NASCAR Pole Position is the only print magazine covering NASCAR. Officially licensed by NASCAR, NASCAR Pole Position Magazine is published throughout the NASCAR season, and each edition is an instant collector's item packed with great feature stories and photography. The magazine is even mailed to you in a poly bag for those who love to collect NASCAR memorabilia. At PolePositionMag.com, you can even find past issues available to purchase. Get your subscription to NASCAR Pole Position and get great NASCAR content delivered straight to your mailbox throughout the season. Learn more at PolePositionMag.com. That's PolePositionMag.com. 
Eric Estep here. One of my favorite parts of being a NASCAR fan is collecting diecasts. It's how I got my start on YouTube, actually. To me, a room is not complete until it features shelves of NASCAR diecast cars. It's as good a time as ever to continue your collection or begin an all-new one by pre-ordering your favorite driver's 2022 next-gen diecast at LionelRacing.com or at any authorized Lionel retailer. Lionel is the official diecast of NASCAR, and don't miss Lionel Racing's NASCAR Authentics diecasts at a Walmart or Target near you. Not only is Lionel the official diecast of NASCAR, but they're also official supporters of the Out of the Groove Podcast Network. So what are you waiting for? Head to LionelRacing.com to order your favorite driver's 2022 diecast. Green, green, green. What's up, everybody? We're finally live with the NASCAR Weekly Podcast, and I've somewhat fixed my uh, my headphones from last week. <laughs> I see it daily. It's, it's, Do you just duct tape it? Yeah, I, I just got some blue duct tape. Got to fit the channel. Everything's in blue tonight. And we um, get this man some super chats for a new headset tonight. Guys. <laughs> yeah, help him out. Help I don't have to out. do this anymore. I can hear just fine. But yes, <laughs> we are finally live. We just had to figure out a few things. Make sure that we could, uh, well, well, you'll see later in the show. Um, but first, before we go any further, I want to thank our first sponsor for tonight, Moby. Uh, Moby, if you can see, all of us have beautiful beards. Look at, you can see my neck here. Except, Everything except is, for Darian. We're, yeah, Darian, I don't have it. He can't grow, he can't grow that. But It worked too well we for can. him. Yeah, <laughs> there you go, it can. Um, all the settings. Look how good and well-shaped mine is, very even. That's because of Moby. Uh, Moby offers state-of-the-art, innovative men's grooming devices, uh, and... They can serve basically any function. They can be trimmers. They can be detailers. They can just shave everything all together, uh, as you can see with all of us. So I think Eric Maybe has it up right now. Yeah, yeah check it out. Flashlight. I know it looks very futuristic, but it feels great in the hand. It's got a mm-hmm. some silicone bristles right here that deliver powerful sonic vibration. So it it's it's not just a one trick pony it's got all the tricks inside of one very beautifully packaged pony so be sure to check out moby we've got the link down in the description you can find where they're located at the nearest walmart near you try to turn my light back on (laughs) um or you can check there you can surf their website for all other all the other great moby products that they offer besides the fantastic and brand new beard trimmer. that's the thing this is a brand new company this is a brand new state-of-the-art beard trimmer so uh things are going to continue to get better for moby and we nice. really want to thank them, too, for supporting the show. It, it means a ton to us, and I'm sure to all of you, too. I see in the chat, everyone's, it glows. <laughs> I love it. Um, but, yeah. Gotta, gotta get a movie. Well, I think what we also got to do is we got to get into this past weekend at Fontana. Man, yeah. there was a ton to talk about. And, by the way, I, I do have the Super Chats up. That's part of the reason we took a little while is because my dumb butt, I'm not, not going to cuss, I uh, couldn't pull them up for some reason. So these three had to help me. Um, so we will get to those. I just want to say that right now. But as for the race at Fontana, I mean, I think right away we should start is with Toyota. 
<laughs> like in the first stage, I think it was, they had four different Toyotas that were overheating. Uh, Kyle Busch, Bubba Wallace, Denny Hamlin, and Christopher Bell. And I think Bell and Kyle Busch had the, the worst of it, to be completely honest. Um, so, Danny, kind of start us off with, you know, the chaos, basically, starting with Toyota. So, what the heck happened for Kyle Busch to be considered, like, one of the top favorites going into this race? And then he goes and puts on, quite arguably, one of his worst performances that we've seen from him in a lot of years. And going outside of that, we saw guys that I never expected to be doing this good this early in the season doing good. Eric Jones, especially, I want to give a shout-out to him more so than Tyler Reddick. Tyler Reddick obviously had a very dominating run early on, but we've at least seen somewhat of a competitive ride out of RCR over the last couple of years. But seeing a, the seeing the 43 car back up front leading laps contending for the win, oh, man, that's such a good sight to see. You know, whether it was, you know, whether it was all the guys who drove it for, for years, Eric Amarola, Bubba Wallace, or Eric Jones, he wanted to see that car doing well. The 43 doing good is good for NASCAR entirely. Uh, but I'm happy to see Eric Jones having a good day like that. Disappointed, honestly, he didn't take the underdog win there in the end of it. But what did you guys think? Uh, let's start with Eric. What did you think? Yeah, I mean, going back to the Toyota conversation for just a moment, they both kind of tied together. Like the last year, pretty much every year, Joe Gibbs Racing is one of the teams to beat. They were a non-factor all day at Auto Club. I don't think any Gibbs cars finished in the top 10. Kyle Busch, I'm with you from the drop of the green flag fell back spun out like on lap 20 and it just didn't get much better from there well it did he went from being a few laps down to actually back on the lead lap at the end so i will credit kyle bush and that whole team some championship level perseverance to still scrap out scrap together a top 15 finish but although all around joe gibbs racing was a non-factor meanwhile chevrolet and not just the hendrick cars i know bowman was up front a little bit byron was near the front chase elliott led some laps kyle larson won the race i know hendrick was great but the RCR and RCR affiliate teams, like obviously Tyler Reddick is an RCR car, Eric Jones, Petty GMS, they have an RCR alignment. I think Trackhouse at least gets mm-hmm. engines from from uh, from Childress. So they were the ones that really showed out. They impressed the heck out of me, and I think it, out of most fans all race long. So that was the big takeaway. Fords, hit or miss. Some look good, some look bad. Chevys across the board, fantastic. Toyotas, though, it sounds like they might have fixed some of that overheating stuff for yeah. uh, Las Vegas. At least they say they have. But for the time being, Toyotas were lagging behind. Well, and Marion, <laughs> kind of going yeah. on the RCR front, I mean, most of most of the first 60 to 70% of that race was Reddick versus Eric Jones. And I mean, yeah, the, the other cool thing, and I know this isn't part of the RCR, but the other cool thing about having an underdog up there was Chase Briscoe, too. So, Darian, you called this a while ago. Now, you kind of uncalled it because you're the, the master jinxer, but... Kind of talk about the way that those two up front, it just seemed like they had a stranglehold on the field until like the field, well, A, the track caught up and then the field caught up to Jones. But kind of kind of take us through that first 70% or so when it looked like this was a, a done race between the, the 8 and the 43. Oh, yeah. No, RCR, I mean, early on, they seemed to have their stuff figured out. And it, it was it's uh, it's quite funny because we had a couple of sources tell us that, oh, RCR was like putting all their eggs into the, you know, hopefully that NASCAR would uh, would return to a 550 type horsepower package. But it seems like to be the exact opposite point. because 
I mean, Tyler Reddick was just dominant. And again, this car is supposed to showcase, you know, par- not only parity, but, you know, a driver's true talent. And, you know, we talked about Tyler Reddick being, you know, a potential Kyle, Kyle Larson type driver for, you know, the next uh, few years. And then also Eric Jones, man, Eric Jones, it was so satisfying to see him outperform all four Joe Gibbs racing cars. I mean, they basically jettisoned him like, you know, like way too early than I thought they should have. And then, you know, Christopher Bell, I mean, ever since taking over the 20, he hasn't done like too much, like, like all that great. I mean, like it's not terrible. Yeah. It's like about the same, you know, so it's not, it's not like it's way, way better in terms of performance. So it's great to see him get another shot with a competitive team. And then, yeah, towards the end, I mean, Austin Dillon and, and Daniel Suarez there. If Daniel Suarez would have would have held it on on the top lane, I think he had a would have had a better chance at beating Kyle Larson and stuff. And so it would have been tough, but I think his chances would have been better. He's saying after the race, his car just got tight when he got on the bottom. Still ends up with a top five, and then Austin Dillon was running in uh, P two there towards the end as well. So I don't know. The thing, RCR they seem to have it figured out early on. The thing that I liked about it is it was very much. You know, and I think we can all agree very much a talent-based race. Like, these cars were absolutely out of control from the, basically unloading them off the truck in practice. Literally. Yeah, in practice, qualifying. I mean, the Xfinity cars were the same way, but these ones seemed even harder to drive. And to be completely real, when it comes to intermediate tracks, it's probably the first time since 2019 that we can say that it was probably harder to drive a cup car at an intermediate track than an Xfinity car. And... Mm -hmm. Something I wanted to kind of bring up with you guys is that it seemed like those who were, were like underdogs up front are ones that for years people have said are really good or we've known that there's potential, but there's limitations with the equipment, the package, whatever it might be. Tyler Reddick, everyone says that he's just waiting to explode and erupt. I mean, Kyle Larson even said he was going to blow up this year really well. Uh, Austin Dillon has been a perennial underdog. And really he makes the playoffs more times than not. That's yeah. what surprises people. Daniel Suarez and Eric Jones, two people that I think, you know, some of us on this panel even kind of left for dead almost after they kind of got jettisoned from JGR showed out pretty well. Now I get it's one race, but I, I want to start with you, Eric. Like, do you think this is a trend we're going to see for a majority of the season, start of the season? Like of any, of, I think Tyler Reddick's probably the one that we're pretty sure is going to do pretty well with this. But of any of these guys, which ones do you think are like going to continue to show out? Yeah, like I, I do think at some point this year we will see the big teams start to pull ahead a little bit. I think by the end of this season it will be Gibbs, Hendrick, Penske, maybe SHR will be the top contenders. But like you said, Tyler Reddick and I'd say both drivers at Richard Childress Racing have the best chance of the rest, I think, of joining that group just because at least those two have made the playoffs in recent years. Reddick made the playoffs last year. Austin Dillon – he's made the playoffs, I think for the last six years, people don't realize that Austin Dillon, you know, he's got some fluky wins. Sure. But he's also consistent enough to make the playoffs in RCR equipment. I think he deserves a little bit of credit for that. Um, Eric Jones, Petty GMS track house. I know I had Chastain sneaking into the playoffs in my preseason predictions. I think it's still possible that another one of those smaller teams sneaks in. I'll say I'm encouraged to start this year because if you look at the first two, you know, drivers racetracks that we've raced at this year, if you include the clash, Tyler Reddick, Austin Dillon, and Eric Jones have all been in the top five more time, more often than not. Mm-hmm. So I think there's something to certain drivers figuring out this new car. And Eric Jones, he's a Truck Series champion, almost an Xfinity champion. Austin Dillon's an Xfinity champion. Tyler Reddick's a two-time Xfinity champion. These guys can race. These guys can drive. And now that the cars are a little more equal, at least at the beginning of this season, 
This is their chance to strike. Eric Jones finished second in both stages. Tyler Reddick, I know he wrecked out later, but he did win both stages. They collected a ton of points. And I think he got a jump early this season before the Gibbs and the Hendricks, the people with the the, the best people, you know, the best resources, even though many of the resources are, are the same now, before they eventually get a hold and, and start to beat the field. Well, and, and Danny, kind of take us through here. There was, at least in my opinion, a lot more parity on like, there, there, there were a few that stayed up front, obviously, but there was a lot of parity, it, it seemed like, in those who were going to the front, going to the back. Who, when it comes to on the other end, like of those who just didn't run up front for most of the day, who surprised you in, in a bad way this past weekend? Um, I would say Kevin Harvick. I, I feel like he might have been up there some, but I didn't notice him up he there. He snuck into the point. top 10, but he spent most yeah, of the race outside of the top 20. I, I, I think that's what disappoints me the most so far is Kevin Harvick. Obviously, last year, going winless after what happened, and you're just starting to wonder at this point, okay, is it, is it going to rebound, or are we in a Jimmy Johnson situation where we just watched him go out with his last swing in, in 2020, and then now he's coasting downhill from here and to for chase briscoe uh to go out there and do good and even i felt like cole custer you know having the the momentum of that win in the xfinity series i feel like cole custer is one of those guys who needs to get his cup career going too both those guys put in my opinion a little bit better performance than harvick who you know consistently should be the class of the shr field so i would say out of those that disappointed me it would be kevin harvick what do you think darian I am the most disappointed in these freaking Toyotas, man. I mean, right from the start, they were just, I mean, just everything went downhill. I mean, the overheating issues and we'll get into some of the, uh, some of the, uh, the, uh, the, um, uh, the flaws with the, uh, the next gen later on in the show. But like, well, somebody had pointed out to me, Oh, one of the flaws of this next gen is like these, some of these cars are having overheating problems. And I'm thinking, no, like everyone else is fine. It's just the freaking Toyotas and stuff. And then I don't know, just, you know, on pure speed alone too, like, I think I only saw one Toyota basically running inside the top 10 consistently all day, and that was Denny Hamlin. After that, I mean, that was about it. I mean, Christopher Bell had a DNF, and then Kyle Busch, man, that's I haven't, I haven't seen Kyle Busch have that that bad of a race in a very long time. And then and the, still finished uh, the 14th. 20th. Yeah, still finished 14th, though. So, I mean, that's how good he is usually, you know? So And then finally, the 2311 cars. I mean, I thought Kurt Busch would do a tad bit better, and Bubba Wallace, he ran right where I thought he would, too. He and crashed stuff. while yeah, running 10th. Yeah, 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 I know. As soon as he as soon as he starts to run inside the top ten, he has some sort of issue. But yeah, without a doubt, in my opinion, the Toyotas were probably the most disappointing. I'll give Kevin Harvick a, a bit of a pass for this because as soon as they unloaded the car, he wrecked like two minutes into the practice session, and then they had to spend the rest of the you know that practice time and qualifying time fixing up the car. And he was able to get himself inside the top ten and was flirting with the top five towards the end there for a moment, I think too. So mm-hmm. I'll give him a I'll give him a pass. We'll see where he is like you know seven to nine races from now. I at least want to mention Brad Keselowski. He impressed me bringing that six car up to, I think, third at one point. But, you know, he was involved in two incidents at Daytona, Mm -hmm. and he was involved in two incidents this weekend at Auto Club. And who did he take out in his incident again? Harrison Uh, freaking Burton Harrison Burton, man. He can't catch a break. That guy is, like, cursed. Now, I want to bring something up really quick. Like, you know, we've talked about how many different people have been jumping up through there. I was going to put this in the lightning round, but I think it's just – too cool not to mention when we were talking about the race itself. There have been 19 drivers who have scored top 10s in the opening two races. The last time that happened was 1973. Now, and if, I don't know if you're looking at it right now, but if you haven't, 
Who would you have guessed would be that driver? That one driver that has two top tens. Uh, Martin, uh, Kyle, but who? Who is it? Eric Almirola. Oh, yes. What? I did wow. call it. He called it Daytona. Eric Almirola, champion already. And he spun out in the race, too. I didn't, I, I'd forgotten about that. Yep. Almirola's right. little championship back. confirmed. No, I want to say. Lame duck, no more. <laughs> I want to say something really cool, too. I, I wish I would have I put it on here to, like, show everybody. But did you see Austin Sindrick's onboard for the last lap? It yes. Was like the it was crazy. Onboard. He avoided three wrecks, dude. Three. <laughs> I would say that save by Blaney was just god tier. God he did lose like 10 positions, yeah. but it could have been also, worse. Could've but also, worse. let me add to Blaney, too, because like I was on iRacing that night, and apparently someone had said the stat. His pit crew, like um, throughout the race, cost him an average of six spots yeah. throughout the day. Like Ooh. his pit crew Ooh, I was noticed that a bad. Like he yeah. would always, he would always bring that 12 car up inside the top three. And then after a pit stop, he would lose like six, seven, eight positions every single time. Yep. Mm. Every time. And, and and that's what sucks is because he looked like one of the few who could keep up in the first half of the race with Reddick and with Jones. Not like pass him by any means, but at least keep them in the same zip code. Mm-hmm. And like his uh, crew yep. just absolutely crapped. Every bag. time. Yeah. <laughs> now we talk about crews, but I think we got to talk about drivers, you know. Where do we start? I, I, I forgot my milk and cookies at home here. But uh, Chase Elliott and Kyle Larson, it, it's went from the fans fighting each other to now the drivers. And I, I want to start off with you, Danny, because I have to think that had to be a really interesting uh, time at the Baldwin household. Um, what is your take on the new little HMS rivalry we got? So, you know, obviously the main story there is is uh chase and kyle kind of like fighting for dominance but also i feel like there's also something that's got to be there with uh with byron and bowman because they're kind of like the outside fiddles if that makes sense and (laughs) i just i just i just gotta ask this what the heck was byron doing there when he crashed into the room. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what happened. Now you see, I I had put out a tweet uh, a couple months ago. You know, in the off season, I had said, "Be on the lookout in 2022." Chase Briscoe, Tyler Reddick, William Byron—they are all going to score multiple wins in 2022. It was even liked by Chase Briscoe, so he was even feeling himself during the off season as well. They all ran inside the top three at 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 uh, at one point during the race, and then all of a sudden, Tyler Reddick loses his freaking tire, and then boom, William Byron just like freaking hits him on the uh, outside I, there. I'm, outside of the Darian Jinx, though, I'm just asking, yeah. how do you do that? Like, just just I don't know. drive around him. I don't know. That's well, the thing. I, I'm assuming his spotter didn't let him know. I'm assuming I, I'm he a... got loose, probably trying to avoid it. Like, yeah, it, sucks, it just didn't but... make sense to me how he just shot up like that. But I, but kind of going back uh, to to the Larson v yeah. Elliott. Um, one, I just love that I don't have a driver anymore that I like pull mm-hmm. for every week. <laughs> Because watching these fan bases go at it is one of the most fun things. That, like, it's it's so fun. Like, Darian can attest to this. At Martinsville, Elliot and Larson fans were at the point of fighting each they were other so in turn, toxic. Uh, turn two. They like, were so toxic. My driver's better. No, my driver's better. Those no, two, it was worse than that. Yeah. Like, it seems like they hate each other. It's kind of like Gordon and Johnson back in, like, 2010. Where well, it's like, I, I, I will say you're exactly right. Because Claudia, I'm noticing she 
looks and acts like I do or like I did about Jimmy Johnson as a Dell Jr. fan for all those years <laughs> because she's a Chase Elliott fan and now there's, you know, new guy taking all the big wins for her guy. So hey. you're exactly right. I can't remember who tweeted this. I did see this on Twitter and, and it was, it was a good point. Um, somebody can remind me in the chat who said it, but you know, Chase Elliott looked to be the guy he had, he was Jeff Gordon's replacement and he was finally coming in his own winning multiple races a year. The guy at Hendrick motorsports for the next decade plus just signed a five-year extension. And here comes Kyle Larson in his first year to blow I, every Chase I Elliott stat out the water. Was it you? I, did, I, I tweeted that, oh, he's going to be second fiddle again. It might have been you. I don't remember who. I saw it there. A couple of people. <laughs> I, well, I, well done, Darian. I see you up there. <laughs> you're, not, um, you're not wrong, though. Chase Elliott wins five races in his championship year plus an all-star. Kyle Larson goes out and wins doubles it. Doubles it. Well, okay, but going to the specific incident, I want to get down to the specific incident yeah. because Chase Elliott fans have every right to be pissed off. Like, they do. Mm-hmm. Like, like in this instance, it sounds like, well, Kyle Larson's spotter took the blame for it, and you mm-hmm. heard that replay. He was late calling Elliott's move to the outside. So I don't think you can blame the driver in this case, but you can still blame the five car, the five team. It was mm-hmm. that group that cost Chase Elliott. He might not have won the race, but – he was making a move to the lead with like five laps to go or whatever, eight yeah. laps to go. You know, he cost him a good finish at the very least. You could argue this is very similar to the Harvick Elliott incident at Bristol last year where <laughs> Harvick, I don't think intentionally tried to rub up into Elliott's tire and cut his tire, but he made an aggressive move. And that's what happened. Kyle Larson and his spotter were being aggressive late on the block and it cost Chase Elliott's race. So just as Chase Elliott had a right to be mad, I think at Kevin Harvick, I think, I think he has a right to be mad at Kyle Larson. Now, a lot of people I've seen, a lot of fans have been really upset with Chase Elliott for intentionally spinning out a couple laps later. I don't think I, he did personally. I don't think I, he did. I, 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 think, think, I think he did. I think he did, but I also don't really care. Like, <laughs> So fans are pissed when teammates help each other out to win. Here's a teammate spinning out on purpose to help his teammate lose. Like I mean, at some point, it's just people are spinning out. Spinning out. NASCAR should try to penalize them if they can tell that it's 100% on purpose. But I'm not like, I'm not going to lose my mind over intentionally spinning out like that. I just am not, especially I, when it's you're mad at teammates at your teammate. But, if you're if he was doing that to help his teammate, but it's one thing. But he was doing that at the expense of his mm-hmm. teammate. I don't, I, I don't know. But that's uh, something to argue there. That is the privilege of being NASCAR's most popular driver. If mm-hmm. Byron or Bowman did that, that's probably a strike to consider moving on from them. I, I, I want to point something out here that's really funny. Is that me and Darian are the two that like to troll Chase Elliott fans the most. <laughs> and we're the ones defending him saying that he didn't intentionally spin out yeah i i i'll, I'll had, defend him on that had, one. I, i'm almost certain he had said that something in the rear end was broke like right after it yeah. happened and he and yeah. his car was like was messed up after that and matt kenton said he blew a right front i don't know <laughs> you know what i'm saying like, he got, i think it was on purpose but you're right he did radio before the before the spin that something was broke so that's it's possible. I'm not, I, which is why I don't think NASCAR penalized. Him. I just want to say NASCAR's I like, loved the animation on the radio from him, though. Oh, I dude, everyone, I have never. Everyone, I have ripped on him before about it. Granted, I've cooled off in the last couple of years because, but people have ripped on him that he has no personality. Like sandpaper, that passion you know, was awesome to hear. Yeah, I and, mean, and when, when you could think, hear with beeps. Do you think? Yeah, do you think that passion? Do you think? Do you think Chase Elliott is building some resentment towards Larson winning? Like obviously. You can't say he's jealous. Like, oh, Larson's winning all these races. But do you think it's it's eating away at him that he's got a guy not just 
in the cup series, another young driver in the cup series, but another guy under the same roof as him, who's dominating him on a week to week basis since he's arrived. Like, do you think Chase Elliott's starting to get frustrated by that? Like this was my team and now it's not anymore. Do you think that's where some of that emotion's coming from? It, it would not surprise me. I mean, I don't think it's to the point where like, yeah, you just said, Oh, I hate this guy, blah, blah, blah. But like, I mean, you can't hate you a guy know, for being good, but yeah, you can be annoyed. Was, I mean, like he was the guy he was, you know, yeah. he was, you know, the, Hendrick Motorsports future and stuff. And then all of a sudden Kyle Larson comes I, in and stuff. And I have a theory about this. I think, and I think it's, I think Elliot and Elliot fans have to be in the same boat here, in my opinion. Elliot and Elliot fans right now are where Jeff Gordon and Jeff Gordon fans were from 2007 to about 2010. Yeah, Jeff Gordon and it, Jeff Gordon. Uh, Jeff Gordon, <laughs> Jeff Gordon fans, I should say. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, but what, I'm, and Grant, there's a, there is a crossover. But the, the thing is, it's like, as a junior fan, you know, I, I could hold it pretty good every year after 2010 that my driver was one of the 10 best out there. But I knew that at Hendrick Motorsports, he was the third, sometimes fourth best. And maybe, I, I will say, like 2014-15, he outperformed Jimmy Johnson. And, and he did outperform Jeff Gordon. But he was never definitively the best guy at the team, even in his best years. But for Jeff Gordon fans, like where Jeff Gordon for years is just owning the sport and then Jimmy Johnson comes along, I think they, they especially since they've, for the most part, moved on to Chase Elliott, are in the exact same position again a couple years later, and now you have that also wave of younger fans in there that add all the extra resentment. I <laughs> I think that Chase Elliott fans have to accept that their driver is like the third to fifth best driver out there. He is insanely talented. He That should not be discounted whatsoever. But Kyle Larson's the best driver out there. <laughs> he is second fiddle at Hendrick Motorsports, and until, that, like, until there's a definitive change of performance, it's going to stay like that, and they need to accept that. Like, what scared me is that what scared me is that Larson was beating Elliott at road courses last year. That that's yeah. what it was like. Oh, that's his bread and butter. Care. It's like, Whoa. oh, it's like, oh, and, here we go. And I just want to say this, you know, Jared just said that Larson is second fiddle in terms of the popularity, not by much. Because I can tell you this as as a Alex Bowman fan who has to wait in the same line for merchandise haulers as Kyle Larson fans, right. please get the man his own hauler. I don't <laughs> want to wait forever just for a Bowman t-shirt. At this point, he does deserve his own hauler. I, really I, I, I just had a friend out there. I saw a big debate this week on the on the hauler debate versus the old uh, Fanatics uh, tent thing. And uh, what got me kind of on the side of Fanatics tent was just thinking, man, I really do have to wait behind all those Larson fans. <laughs> I, want, I want to say this. I think this is the reason on top of nostalgia they got rid of that while we're on this segue um i saw so people hard. at michigan in 2016 stealing stuff and there was no way they had enough cards <laughs> to get stuff away with it i didn't I, I i'm not the greatest kid growing up but i was not bad like that i do not oh steal. my god um but i i'm sorry you can't steal from those haulers unless you go to the open back door yeah. behind there and then remember after uh, Daytona, remember one of them was open too. Yeah. And you were like, dude, but, yeah, someone could just walk up. Like, someone could just walk up. But, but the, the tent's like, let's just, uh, no, we'll I don't that prefer. in the past. Yeah, I, I don't prefer it I, I, feel, I feel like people on Twitter are nostalgic about everything from 2016. But anyway, back to the, the, to the uh, war at hand. I think for now it's resolved, personally. But this is, I, I don't think this is over by any means. I really no. don't. I think that... This is too early in the season for them already to be like this towards each other. And it's, it, it's I won't say boiling over, but it's carrying over from last year. And Elliot is going to get his wins this year. There's no way you can tell me he's going to go winless to the playoffs. They're going to be completely safe and in. Larson is completely safe and in. But if it comes down to Elliot v. Larson, 
I personally don't see Larson taking it too far and crashing Elliott to make it to the next round or make it like or win a championship. Elliott's going to dump Larson if that's the case. <laughs> when push comes to shove, like, I don't care. There's no way you can tell me that he doesn't resent Larson right now. There's no way you can tell me that he's not going to remember this. And, and there's no way you can tell me that as good as these two are, they're not going to meet up going for a win in an important uh, time of the season. No way. I'm sorry. No I, I certainly think if Larson, I think you're right. It's mostly got done for now. We're not going to see Elliot race Larson any differently, at least not until maybe the championship, mm-hmm. but throughout it's a long season. If Larson looks at Elliot funny, gives him a bump draft at a bad time, blocks him on pit road. I, I think Elliot's close to a boiling point. It's not going to take much to pit. He's not going to pile drive Larson into the fence anywhere. He's not going to do what Harvick did to chase at the Roval last year. He's not going to do that, but he might spin him. He might rough him up at a road course here or there. He's not going to cut him any breaks, and I don't think he should. I think it was an accident by Larson and his spotter, but it was still an accident that cost Chase Elliott a shot at the win. So if he has a right Chase, to be mad, and he has a right to pay him back at some point if, if he gets wronged again. If Chase Elliott is in the lead and Larson's coming up behind him, uh, expect Chase Elliott to look like Ryan Newman out there. Yeah, we got a long year, so be ready. And uh, whatever happens, yeah, we're I'll, only at race two. Like, yeah. why are we? Why are we already fighting? We're only at race two. Yeah, let's Good. let's, let's just chill fighting. out. We'll chill out. We'll chill out for a few weeks. But uh, whatever happens, I'll be ready to troll both fan bases. I like, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, so kind of getting down to it, Larson, like we said, did win the race. But I want to give a few shout outs. We talked about these people being underdogs, and there's one especially I want to shout out that nobody really was looking at for 95 percent of this race. So, Austin Dillon finished second. Eric Jones finished third. Daniel Suarez, which if you watched his last lap on board, it looked like he thought the race was over a lap early mm-hmm. and accidentally let those two buy him. Uh, but he still finished fourth. And then Daniel Hemrick finished ninth. But here's the thing. Usually ninth place finishes aren't, like, shout-out worthy. But that man was, like, six laps down at one point. They were doing so horrible. Yeah, that's and crazy. The, and if you look at the speed charts, too, I saw somebody, I can't, I, I can't remember if it was uh, Avery on Twitter or who it was, but somebody put the quarter by quarter by quarter by quarter uh, speed charts for the race, and they were like, you know, 34th, 31st, 32nd. Then all of a sudden, like, the next one's like, fifth fastest car out there in the last quarter of the race. Like, they, that is an amazing comeback. I know that, obviously, the lucky dog and wave around stuff, but... Six laps down to come back from that is still impressive no matter what. So I just I wanted to bring that up right now. And also, uh, let me point out this fun fact because I just saw this. This is crazy. So Jacques Villeneuve is currently ahead of uh, William Byron, Harrison Burton, Ross Chastain, and Christopher Bell mm-hmm. in points after two races. <laughs> Love the early season point standings. Yeah. No, <laughs> that won't last long, but it's just it's it's crazy. We've talked about the fun stuff. Now we got to talk about the one detriment from this race. Flat tires. I don't know how we fix it at this point, honestly. So I think, Eric, you had the idea, if I'm not mistaken. Somebody else had the idea. If you're talking about the, <laughs> the portable nut. pit crew yeah. idea. Like a portable... I'm pretty sure somebody else had the idea. But, yeah, yeah. And basically, I don't know what NASCAR does. They're not going to do anything this weekend. They're not going to change their strategy this weekend. They're probably going to wait until after the West Coast swing when people aren't quite as strained to maybe make mm-hmm. some changes, either to the cars themselves or to – I don't know, maybe to procedures at the track, who knows. But basically the problem is a guy spins out and if he flats, two or three of his tires go flat, which is pretty common, it's impossible. They just can't get going. The car just sits there. They're beached. 
and they can't go. So they need a tow back to their pit stall, which causes them to lose three or four laps, causes the, the caution period to be prolonged because you got to send a whole tow truck out there, got to hook it up, try not to damage the car, blah, blah, blah. And so it's just a mess. It delayed portions of this race. This race was longer than it needed to be because of some of those lazy spins that led to longer extended caution periods. So how do you fix it? The old cars, the old tires had inner liners, which sort of allowed most guys to limp it back around if they had a flat. The new tires, because they're lower profile to match I don't know, the rest of the next gen's elements, um, they don't have inner liners. So the, car, the tire just goes completely flat. That's where the problem comes from. My idea and other people's idea is that maybe they, rather than bring out a tow truck for a flat tire, they have like a neutral sort of pit crew that can go out real quick, put on like spare tires, put on like donuts on the car so they can just kind of teeter on back to pit road, maybe only lose one or two laps. And there the crew can put fresh tires on. But I think I saw Bob Pockers tweet this, that, you know, then you'd have issues of, you know, maybe one, they'd argue that it wasn't fair. One pit crew is faster for one driver than another. Somebody said maybe like Ford has their own, Chevy has their own, Toyota has their own portable pit crews that go out and do their thing. I don't know, but it's tough at this point. Austin Dillon pointed one thing out, like if you were to raise the ride height of the cars, that would, so that, you know, the flat tires wouldn't beach them as easily you would also alter the racing product. The flat underbelly and the the, uh, rear diffuser works best when the car's lower to the ground. And Austin Dillon pointed this out, but I think most fans and drivers would agree the racing at Auto Club was fantastic. And you don't really want to mess with any aerodynamic components this early. You you don't want to risk ruining the racing product to try and fix this flat tire issue. It's it's a give and take deal. I don't know what they're going to do, but I guess it's it's up, up to all of our imaginations at this point. I think at this point, I would say I'm probably in the same boat. I was watching a guy on YouTube named Baloney Burger, and he pretty much said, he said, um, essentially, I'd give it until like Atlanta, see how much of an issue this keeps becoming. And if it is as big of an issue as we think it will be, uh, he said, and I kind of agree with it, temporarily go back to the old tires if we have to. I don't you think you can't do that. It's <laughs> yeah, not, not possible. You can't do it. It's not possible. Mm-hmm. I don't no, think so. Not the. Well, no, it's it's just the size of the tire itself. Like, I don't even know. Like, the new tire is bigger. The old tire is smaller. I mean, so I guess it would fit in the wheel well. well, But I don't know. You'd have to rebuild. If if they have to rebuild it temporarily, maybe we try it. But maybe we don't do as early as five versus in. But if it has to be done, I just think it's an option to consider. I just think a change like that would take like weeks or months probably to implement. So I don't know that that's the likeliest. I think I don't think that's super likely. But it's a nice thought. Well, I don't know, like, you know, what the solution will be and stuff. But, I mean, just the fact that, you know, we're this early in, into the season and, like, you know, we love the racing product so much and stuff. Like, the fact that this is this seems to be, like, one of the only problems with the next gen, it's a pretty good problem to have, I guess, you know, because, I mean, we could be talking about, all oh, the racing product wasn't as good and stuff. But instead, we're just talking about, all oh, the cars are getting stuck, you know, whenever there's a flat tire and stuff. I feel like, like, they, they will be able to fix this in the future. How they'll be able to fix it, I don't know yet. So, we'll find out. Well, and yeah, yeah. So go ahead, Jared. The, the, I think right now, you know, because obviously none of us have the expertise to, to know an exact way to fix it. NASCAR is smart people. They'll do it. Uh, I, I think they should have done this months ago when they knew this would be a problem in the tests. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. We're, we're in this position now. The thing that I am most worried about is, you know, I think they'll have it fixed by the playoffs. I think that, I, honestly, I think that's their main goal of when to get it fixed by just because, you can't you can't have somebody you know getting spun out by someone else's teammate in the playoffs and they have two flat tires and that's what causes them eventually like a championship or something and i was just thinking you look at martinsville or bristol 
Let's say somebody spins and gets spun into the corner, two flat tires, can't move. One, it's hard enough to get the safety crews out there because it's so small and compact that they have to wait for the other cars. But two, those pace laps take what, maybe 30 seconds? And it and if, if, it, if they, you lose four laps at Auto Club with those pace laps, I, Auto Club is four times the size of Martinsville and Bristol. You're looking at losing like 15 to 20 laps at Martinsville <laughs> or Bristol. That yeah, can't no happen. The thing is, like, I, I think it's more of an issue we're going to see on intermediates because if the clash did tell us anything, you know, there was issues, there was people who spun out, but we didn't see this happening at the clash. So I know it's not a whole That's lot true. more off of because of what mm-hmm. the clash is per se, but I don't think we saw that as an issue so the short tracks i'm a little more confident in it's the intermediates that i'm worried about now that's probably a good point yeah i don't know one one thing i want to bring up about about this race is i don't think this i think this was a big test for the next gen and it passed with glowing you know ratings i mean everyone everyone across the board loved it the thing is is that auto club is nothing like any other track whether you look at if you you look at how, how big it is it's only similar to Michigan. If you look at the surface, it's similar to pretty much none of the tracks that are on the schedule anymore. So kind of like what Atlanta was before mm-hmm. this year. Yeah, there, there's nothing really comparable. I think this weekend is actually the real test. If we like what we see at Las Vegas, see what I did there? I think that uh, <laughs> I think that we're in good shape for the season. If Las Vegas, because Las Vegas for the most part for me is like the one that I'm like, okay, if this one's good, Kansas should be good. This one's good. Charlotte should be good. You know, I'm, I'm pretty Maybe even Texas that. will be good. Oh, oh my gosh. Honestly, 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 Vegas is the next closest track to Texas, in my opinion, as far as how I feel about it. So this will tell me a lot. Yeah. So I think that this this weekend is the true litmus test. I mean, it's it, if you look in, in the past in, in history, it's been the litmus test for who makes the playoffs and who doesn't. You know, like this, the, you, you were going to learn a lot about – who has it for real this season, what the car really has in it. You're going to learn both of those things, I think, this weekend. I, I just, I, I don't want to, like, rain on the parade about Auto Club. I just, I don't think it is comparable to many of the other races that we have left this season. And we're going to see conditions this weekend, sort of what we saw last year for this spring Las Vegas race, where the weather was significantly cooler than it usually is which to a lot of people brought out the best racing, the Gen 6. So I'm curious what, how this will play out for this car because this is, you know, cooler, I say like anywhere from 50 to high 60s is kind of what they're expecting this weekend. That right there is what was perfect for the Gen 6. So I'm curious how that'll do for this car. Yeah, we're definitely going to learn a lot this weekend at Vegas, but I, I'm pretty sure this race will probably be better than the last race we had. I mean, like me and Eric were at that cup playoff race and stuff, and oh, like even us being there and stuff, it was very forgettable. But I don't know. I, I have a feeling this will be a good one. Yeah. Well, something that wasn't as good this past weekend was the TV ratings. Uh, going into it a little bit, it, it's not the end of the world, but it got a 2.61 rating and a 4.57 when it comes to how many million viewers it had. Uh, one positive, it was the most watched sport, uh, sporting event of the weekend. It actually, I think, was double the next closest, which was the NBA, uh, on prime time. Uh, but down 4% from the Daytona Road Course race, which was the second race last year, and down 17% from the second race of 2020, which I will note that was the first after the Newman wreck. There was a lot of intrigue about it. Um, so I... 
I mean, it's not the start NASCAR wants. There's no way, I don't think there's a way really to sugarcoat it. You could say that maybe with everything going on in the world, people are watching the news more. But I, that's what I was just sitting there thinking. I was like, the only thing I think that's really taking the eyes off of this is people being glued to Fox News, CNN, et cetera. Yeah, but I, it's just, it's a little bit off. But again, last year was a little bit off, and it ended up, for the most part, the last like 20, 25 weeks of the year being up. Uh, but, not the greatest thing, not the worst thing, you know. I, sorry, Eric, we could be baseball right now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we uh, might see an uptick because you know baseball is not going to happen anytime soon. So I mean, we saw it in 2011, you know, when the NFL was having their little lockout situation. So I don't know from what it sounds like though, gonna, baseball's not going to be back for a while. So hey, come watch NASCAR. It's going to provide some better coverage for the uh, college baseball. I've, yeah, I've a lot of people watching that more. I yeah. do think, though, that this is a combination of what Danny just mentioned, you know, just the war, you know, obviously, you know, all the chaos going, going on in the world. It's that. But then also, again, like we've talked about this, you know, time and time again, you know, TV, like people are just cutting the cable cord and stuff, you know, like everything is online. You know, I was even I, watching the race on streaming. I want to add, I want to add that that does yeah. count like Hulu, YouTube TV. That's oh, all it does. Do. Nielsen does wow. count that. I, I follow, um, I think, Cindy Yen on and Jeff Gluck also tweeted it. And they, they both had said it does. Uh, one of them said it does. Well, I think those streaming services kind of back up your point, though, Darren, maybe go a different direction with this. It's just it's the nature of the media world, as we always say on the show and on other shows. It's there's just so many other options besides NASCAR. You know what I mean? Like if I want to be entertained right now, you know, back in the day right now, if this was 1940, <laughs> no, 1958 and I wanted to be entertained. I could go to my TV and watch one of like three channels mm-hmm. or I could go outside and play catch with my son or something like that. Like that's all you could do in, in 1958. <laughs> my family go on a walk in the park. Yeah. Like th- that was all you could do in 2022. I can be on my phone. I can be on my computer. I can talk to you guys. I can go watch TV. There's a billion channels. There's Netflix straight. There's billions of movies. I, I-, I could just one click away. So naturally now, obviously not every sport is down, but a lot of sports and a lot of entertainment are kind of just down in general the last few years, but so, so that doesn't explain everything. I'm not, I'm not trying to look on the bright side. Like that's, it's, it's unfortunate that this number was down. You'd expect with a new car coming off a, a I thought a wildly entertaining race, Daytona 500, um, especially considering that last year's Daytona 500 had no viewership. Mm-hmm. The fact that this year's second race is still down from last year's second race, albeit only a fraction of a percent, just a tiny bit. That's, that's disappointing. I mean, it just says, I, I don't know yeah. where the disconnect is. I thought Matt Kenseth in the booth was doing his best job to drag that broadcast along, but when he talked to Joey Logano, Oh, that was funny. That was um, but I, I genuinely don't know. I, 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 I've stopped overreacting to TV ratings because mm-hmm. it's just so hard to rationalize a lot of these numbers. Why it's, did this number it's get a, lower? Why, why not? I just, why and really, how? and really for all sports, I mean, it's really a roller coaster and stuff. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, like you don't want to, you know, be down, you know, of course, but yeah, I mean, I'm with Eric on that one. Like, yeah, I mean, they're important, but I don't know. Like, I was reading like NBA ratings, like uh, yeah. local ratings for NBA games at the beginning of this year. And like, I'm shocked. I know they're bad this year or they might not even make the playoffs, but the Lakers, <laughs> Los Angeles with LeBron James were like the 16th or 17th best local rating in the United States out of all the 30 NBA teams. I'm they suck. Dude, they suck this year. But bro. it's they, LA horrible. and it's LeBron. Like freaking Memphis Grizzlies getting more viewership. Oh, because dude, John Moran, bro. Moran I know. I know. I know. But it's still, it, it, it doesn't make, you know, yeah. I don't understand. Yeah, John Moran's good. But yeah. Memphis has like seven people over there. Yeah. The Bass Pro Shops <laughs> Pyramid. That's all they got in Memphis <laughs> this day. So, um, wow. Well, hey, you're, just not, saying, you're not wrong. It's as a Tennessean, it's a city we've forget about something it's like the third <laughs> biggest city maybe mm-hmm. the second biggest city in tennessee like I, but point yeah. is ratings are a confusing piece mm-hmm. fans are fickle mm-hmm. 
viewers will click and watch a different thing every second. Like it's just, it's very hard to predict. I'm not sleeping on John Moran. <laughs> I saw that. He's Louise. Uh, well, I think we talked He's a one of bit. the seven people. <laughs> in Memphis. I, th- I think we talked a good amount about those ratings. There's, uh, there's another type of rating. So that we pay attention to on this show, I believe it's coming right. Now. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's right. The poll, the famous iceberg poll. All right. So no, we did not get a record. I'm just going to, preface no, that right I, now. I, I, I stopped but asking that years ago <laughs> we got 14.7 thousand votes on this one which for early in the year is pretty darn good uh 60 of you thought this was a great race i have it right here i'm not just like looking away uh 29 of you said it was good eight percent said average and two percent apiece said below average and bad net positivity 89 percent net negativity four percent now looking at some of the comments know. here william anderson has the top comment he says, what a run for these guys that haven't typically run up front. Guys like Suarez, Jones, and Reddick were killing it today. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Conf- I just, I'm, again, if you have a good name, I'll read it. Confetti Go Boom 91 <laughs> says, the best auto club race I've definitely seen in a while. I wouldn't, I mean, I like 2013 personally, but I can see why people like this one mm-hmm. more. Uh, let's see. Good Lord, you people write books in here. All right, Eric Sipe says nobody. Mark Martin enters the booth. Slap shoes, fanboy squeals. Also, how about that Jones boy? Man, I thought that he was going to win this race. Really starting to like this new car. Uh, Side note, I just want to say I'm sorry, Slap shoes, that Mark Martin quote tweeted me about that and not you. I'm sorry. <laughs> that was that was awesome to see, though. Yeah, that's cool. Denny Delivers never uh, fails to deliver on funny comments. Says, Tyler getting in the car. Rev up those fryers. Tire blows out my leg. Oh, yeah, his leg was yeah, going leg down, was... too. That was another problem. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. Parker says, what a race. Awesome to see the parody throughout the field. Cars look hard to drive, but the racing was fantastic. Great finish as well. For Auto Club standards, this was the best race in a long time here. 9.5 mm-hmm. out of 10. Uh, now, I'm going to really quickly get it so we can find what the first one was. Because we had over 500 comments on this one. So, thank Whoa! you. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. yeah. So, scroll, scroll, scroll. Browsers. I'll get there eventually. I'm like sitting here like resting my hand <laughs> on the, on the die cast I have. Come on, any day now. For you guys listening on on uh, on online, think or on uh, Spotify, and Google. Thank you. Um, the first comment. Oh, I, was, I was just passing the time. <laughs> got a lightsaber over there. No, like a shot, I was trying to do like a shot clock buzzer in the NBA. Like time's it, up. That's scared me. All right, the first comment was from Tank Slapper. So is that going to be positive or negative? Negative. Negative. I think I saw him in the chat earlier. I'm gonna say I saw him in the chat earlier. I'm gonna say positive. I think I think yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, he says, "What an amazing race from Eric Jones and Tyler Reddick. It's tragic that Reddick blew a tire like that. This new car is already bringing teams that were less competitive last year up to the front of the field. Also, how many times have Reddick and Byron made contact now?" Uh, well, yeah, yeah, it's positive. I'll say that's, it's a, positive. That's, that's a positive comment. Yeah. Yeah. point. At least, at least this one wasn't a tank slapper. <laughs> well done, t- tank slapper. Slapper. Yeah. Slapper. So thank you guys all for voting in the poll. I'll put that up at the end of every race this season. So make sure as soon as the race gets done to come and vote or just vote whenever before the show starts. Uh, now, 
We'll go through this really briefly here. Uh, the Xfinity race. There are a couple of stories that I really just want to kind of touch on here while we we have a little time. Number one, the return of Trevor Bain. Mm-hmm. Danny, how would you grade Trevor Bain's return to high-level NASCAR racing? Considering that his story has been, he's mainly been doing a lot of dirt track racing uh, over this time period when he's been out of NASCAR. And then he's also, you know, he had that brief stint of Nice in 2020 in the truck series. I would, I would give it an A. He led laps. He can, he was in contention for it. Uh, he was personally disappointed in himself, which is awesome to see because he's expecting greatness driving the 18, which is what you should do if you're in JGR's flagship car number, in my opinion. Um, so I'd give it an A. I think there's definitely room to improve, and I think he, I think he can possibly win uh, one or two races this year. Considering that 18 car, and I don't actually know if it's the same crew chief necessarily, but it's the same car at least that won the championship last year, but only won one race. I thought Trevor Bain looked like Daniel Hemrick out there. He ran about how Hemrick did most of last year, was qualified in the top five, stayed up in the top five most of the race, kept his nose fairly clean. There were a good amount of incidents going on around him, and came home third. I mean, that's, you could have fooled me. You told me that was Daniel Hemrick out there and I would have believed it. So I, I think if you've been out of the sport, out of the Xfinity series for five or six years, out of the sport for a year and a half, and you come out and run third, yes, in great equipment. I think that's at least a B plus, A minus kind of, kind of first day. I'm giving it an A plus plus there, you know, to see qualifies up front. He's, you know, competing for the win right away. I figured, you know, since he hadn't been in the Xfinity series for quite some time, it's like, okay, you know, at the very least, I, you know, could expect a top 10 for him, a top 10 run. I thought Ty Gibbs would be the best Joe Gibbs racing driver that day, but Ty Gibbs actually struggled. So we'll get to that in a little bit. But I mean, for this being his first race back in the Xfinity series for quite some time, Trevor Bain did a phenomenal job, ended up scoring a top five. And what was also funny too, in one of the uh, post-race interviews I saw on Twitter, he kind of threw some shade at Jack or I I can't oh, remember I, exactly. I, I, he, I heard that. He kind of, yeah, he kind of threw it. And, you know, I mean, there, we, we've seen multiple drivers in the past, you know, that have left Jack Roush's team. And then, they, you know, they don't have, you know, the uh, the best things to say about him. But, you know, Trevor yeah, Bain, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And on the show, as a matter of fact. Yeah, so yeah, Trevor Bain, exactly. So Trevor Bain, you know, yeah, you can say, oh, Cup Series bust, blah, blah, blah. But Xfinity Series, no. I mean, he's always ran pretty, he's always ran pretty good. But, uh, I mean, he's, he's doing select races this year for Joe Gibbs Racing. So it won't surprise me if he ends up in victory lane this year. Now, you mentioned that Ty Gibbs has been struggling. Eric. What's going on with your boy? Why isn't he going out and dominating every single lap like last year? I didn't pick him this week. You did. I picked him. I, <laughs> you, picked you, him. I didn't pick did. him. Uh, me yeah, and Danny picked him. And, and, and the chat, and, too. Like but yeah. hey, to be fair, we thought he was actually making a comeback, but he, his, mm-hmm. team, his team messed him up on a decision. Yes. Wasn't, he a, so, wasn't he a set short on tires by yes. the end? Yeah. Yeah. And then also, too, um, he um, um, during the final laps, him and Anthony Alfredo, they had pitted for tires. And I thought, okay, damn, they're going to, you know, work their way up front. Anthony Alfredo, he chose the bottom and was up front right away. Ty Gibbs decides to stay on the top, and everyone else was on the top. There was just nowhere to go. And then you had caution after caution. So there was just no way to uh, to mount a comeback like uh, Anthony Alfredo was. So. Side note, got to say, so Darian and I were in, uh, and Claudia, we were at uh, Atlanta, Georgia, filming some stuff coming up on, on my channel over the next few weeks. And um, 
we decided to go have dinner at the end of stage two. So we went to Applebee's and we, we finished our meal. Yeah. Unironically, we went to an Applebee's. We, we finished our meal and there's like 16 laps to go. So we're just saying, okay, let's just watch the last little bit of this race and then we'll get out of here. That <laughs> turned into us being the Applebee's for another hour at least. And we ended up ordering dessert because we felt bad for sitting there for so long. Hey, <laughs> hey, we got the brownie and the ice cream thing. I got the smaller one. You and Claudia shared the big one, but that only yeah. cost me like a dollar. It was good. So we fancy like, like- don't put that evil don't, on me ricky Bobby. don't don't do it don't so do it. <laughs> have we seen those commercials yet this year on during races no they're doing a new commercial involving a uh, chicken fried and uh, oh wait they picked a bad time for that oh yeah oh yeah anyway they played it on cnn yeah anyway um darian i want to i want to get you on this last that last point about the uh the race here it ended up being Cole Custer versus Noah Gregson. I want I want to just hear from you, um, kind of if you even compare to this time last year, how far Noah Gregson has come, but also seeing Cole Custer go up and actually be really competitive and be the guy to be. Like I kind of want to hear what you have to to think of of uh, those two because I know we have opinions on both. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, Noah Gregson, I mean, last year, I mean, like, you know, he had a lot of expectations heading into 2021, didn't get off to the greatest start in the world. But I mean, this year seems to be, I mean, we're only two races in granted. So, but it is, it is very encouraging to see him run up front. And he's also going to be running in some select races for colleague in the cup series at the same tracks too, like a California and, you know, an auto club, that sort of thing, or no, excuse me, like, like, you know, these mile and a half tracks and it's good to see him run, you know, on well on tracks that aren't super speedways and short tracks, that sort of thing. Um, so that's promising to see, but Cole Custer, yeah, I mean, Cole Custer, I mean, like, it, you know, the verdict is still out on him, you know, whether he'll be, you know, decent in the cup series. Yeah. He has the win and stuff like that, but I mean, it's just overall, it just hasn't been running, you know, the best in the world for Storhaas. I mean, he did improve this weekend though. So I'll give him that, but yeah, it was great to see him run uh, up front in the, uh, in the cup series, no, not the cup series, excuse me, the Xfinity series again, he did you know, cup too. He yeah, got he that did. team okay. their first yeah. win, I guess, right? All the yeah, Joe that's Joe. That was Joe Graff's like, team. Yeah, that was Joe Graff's team. Like, so there, there is a lot of debate said, here. We won. We won there this was race. A, <laughs> there was a lot of debate on that, and you know, it's I think our car. I think we, yeah, we know who prepared that car, but just the aesthetics of Joe Graff's car winning the race was just yeah, interesting that's to look awesome. at. And also, fun fact: Joe Graff Jr. finished ahead of Ty Gibbs, I believe, in the thirty-eight. Yeah, he did. did he? Yep. Yeah, by one spot. Dang. Well, I, Anthony Alfred, I know he had those fresh tires at the end, but him finishing top five in our motorsports equipment, that's that's a good good start to yeah, get. Yeah, I, I was happy for people at our. That's good to say to him. Yeah, but uh, Noah Gregson, I mean, look out for him. I think he's going to win quite a few races this year. Now, for, you know, once we get to the end of the hour here, last five minutes or so before we hit that hour, I want to have a bit of a debate time with you guys. I don't know if it's going to be lopsided or not, but do we change Auto Club to a two-mile short track or a two to half-mile short track? That is two miles, or do we keep it the two-mile length it already is? Three miles super speedway. Right, no, that's me... Texas. So, yeah, that's Texas. <laughs> yeah. All right, I'll, I'll go first on this one. I'll go uh, when last. it was first an, when okay when it was first announced that Auto Club they were thinking about changing it to a short track. I was all for it at first. I was like, okay, fine. Like it sucks that we're gonna lose you know a cool you know two uh, two-mile track like Auto Club. But hey, you know, we're talking about, hey, we want more short tracks and stuff like that. So I thought this was a step in the right direction. And also, to be honest, too, like, I, I mean, I, I had kind of fallen out of love with that track, not because of the track itself, but because of the uh, of the uh, 
the aero package NASCAR was running at the time. So, cause it's like with that old package towards the end of the, of the gen six era, it, it was just boring to watch. Cause you knew they were just basically trying to full throttle it and stuff. They weren't really driving, you know, but now all of a sudden, you know, we get, you know, it's the first race at this track with the, uh, with the gen seven or slash next gen, whatever you want to call it. doesn't matter to me. Uh, and then all of a sudden you see, you know, the cream rise to the crop, whether it's, you know, because they have good equipment, but it's also great to see, you know, driver talent being showcased as well. So I'm sitting here watching this and thinking, I'm like, man, like we can't, we, we can't change this. You know, it's been a while and stuff. Like, I know we want to have more short tracks, but surely there's another short track. Maybe you can add to the schedule. You can give an extra race or, or whatever. It's like, it, it would just be a shame if we lost this track, because I mean, there's no other track really like it now. I mean, like the only other comparable track as far as the surface was concerned was Atlanta, but then we, me and Danny were just there. They, they basically changed that. It is nothing like auto club surface anymore. And I, I mean, like outside of Michigan, I mean, I think it's, yeah. I think it's cool that NASCAR has, you know, two, 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 two mile and a half tracks, you know? So I, I don't know. I think it would be a shame if we lost this track and turn it into a short track, but I don't know. It's just my personal preferences. Leave it alone and turn Texas into the short track or super speedway. Yeah, you know, man. Because I, I mean, in my mind, I've been thinking about all this. I can't do Texas because that's SMI. NASCAR doesn't have the freedom to do whatever they want with SMI tracks. So everyone all week on Twitter has been saying, change Texas, change this SMI track. No, leave it alone. They're private. They can do whatever they want without NASCAR saying they have to do this. So what I'm looking at is I'm on the side now, okay, don't change Auto Club. But another NASCAR-ran short trek is a good idea. And I say, and this probably, we're going to get to this later on, Chicagoland Speedway is sitting there doing nothing. Mm. Sad. But Chicagoland would be a perfect place to do the same plan and do it to Chicagoland. And people was like, oh, it's too far out of the city. And here's the thing. Okay, Chicago street course, I don't think that's a long-term solution, nor do I think the LA Coliseum is a long-term plan either. Auto Club Speedway, compared to the Hollywood Walk of Fame, is an hour and 16 minutes away, and that's like with good LA traffic. You know, it's going to be more than that, realistically, with the way LA traffic is. Chicagoland Speedway to Chicago's Union Station is only 53 minutes away, actually. So if we were considering doing this to Auto Club anyways, let's keep Auto Club how it is. Let's take a track that's not got anything going on, Chicagoland Speedway. Let's do this project at Chicagoland instead. Let's make it into the half-mile short track that we wanted Auto Club to be originally. Let's revive Chicagoland as a short track, and that's the hill I'm going to die on in this case. So I, I know what Dar- uh, Jarrett's going to say. I'm on the fence and I think ask me again after Las Vegas, let's see how the next gen car races at again, a more typical intermediate track of which there are several others very similar to it on the schedule. If it races well at Las Vegas, that might change my opinion a bit, but right now I agree. What we just saw at auto club was a great race. Might be the best Fontana race that track has ever seen, but, and you mentioned this earlier, Darian, that the only track kind of like it on the schedule was Atlanta until this past year. Mm-hmm what they just do to Atlanta? They just repaved they it and reconfigured it, yeah. it, which means at some point, probably in the not so distant future. And I think this is the point you're going to make Jared. They're going to have to repave auto club mm-hmm. and will it still race as well? Will it still race as well? If it's a two mile freshly repaved track, the answer is probably not. Now the next gen car might overcome that, but we don't know for sure. So right now I lean towards keeping auto club as 
or I'm sorry, I'm leaning towards, I'm getting this backwards. I'm leaning towards keeping Auto Club as is because I really like the race we just saw. And even if it's only, it has to be repaid in five years, I'll take that. But if the racing at Las Vegas this week is really, really good, nah, turn Auto Club into a short track because we got other mile and a half that the, the next gen will shine on. I love being the one who has to be the uh, devil's advocate on this. All right. I think we should make it a short track. I, I'm still on this this hard line changing it up because of what we talked about, the repave. But you have to think of the way that the that, that Auto Club was before we all loved it. Really, I mean, it really started becoming actually beloved around 2011, 2013. It took over 15 years or just around 15 years for this track to have racing that most people actually liked. Now, you can say there were good races here or there. I get that. But I'm sorry, there there's nothing that you can tell me that this track is going to be exactly how it is now after a repave. Look at Michigan. Michigan is the one you can compare it to. Michigan was repaved 11 years ago, and that place still sucks. I love Michigan. It's the race. It's a track that I went to my first race at. It has a special place in my heart. It's just that that place is boring as hell now. Um, you look at a lot of other repaves that have been done, and for the most part, in the last 10 to 15 years, repaves aside from maybe Kansas and and Las Vegas, which had to be reconfigured, and Kansas that had to be reconfigured, they usually aren't that good. So. I, I love the racing. If we can keep the surface going a few more years, I am completely fine postponing the short track and designing it better. I mean, I, th I believe it was Dale Jr. that said that it, the tests they did for it didn't work. Now, I don't know how much I trust iRacing, but at the same time, there's people smarter than me that trust it, so I'm going to go with what they say. So I think you can postpone it a little while and get a better plan together, but I don't see after two or three years the racing being anything like what we saw this past Sunday. I, I think that yeah. this track will be like Michigan 2.0. I think you're right. The, the, the track surface will hold up for a few more years. So I think we shouldn't rush necessarily to switch it into a short track, but I'm with you that when the time to repave it comes, a short track might be the best option, but that's why I'm just hoping the racing is great at Las Vegas. That tells me that we don't need, you know, we have enough intermediates that it races well at. We don't need to keep auto cover. Cause I love having a short track on the West coast to kind of counter the, two or three we have on the east coast well, and i think that nascar has proven they want to reach the west coast audience more and if you're going to do that aside from the clash you're not going to move the daytona 500 there you're not going to move talladega all of a sudden out to california you're not going to move the coke 600 you're not going to move any of your marquee events out there except the championship you want the championship to be exciting you want the championship to be something that's special that people will tune into even if they don't watch nascar well, we just saw with the la uh clash that there's now a lot more nascar fans out there who will one tune into something uh nascar if it's out in, in the la or at least out in california and two will will actually show up so I think that if you want this track to survive long-term, one, they need to sell a lot of that land. That land is very valuable, and land prices are getting higher and higher. NASCAR can make a good amount of money out there that they can use towards making better facilities, using helping other facilities. But two, if you have a short track out there, you have a perfect way to basically have a beating and banging, talent-based way to decide your champion if you make that the finale. And I think that's what NASCAR wants. They want they want a California finale. And you're not going to get that at the Coliseum. You know, you're going to get that 
at Fontana. And I don't see excitement really being drawn up year after year with a repaved two-mile track compared to a short track, which will consistently get you better racing. Personally, that's that's how I see it. I'm with you. NASCAR, well, NASCAR is going to keep the championship at the very least at a NASCAR-owned track for a while. So that feeds into it. I, I, I think it's a good point. I still, I'm ask me again in a week. I'll have a better answer in a week. I, I think the hard part is, is that if land developers really want that land, it's been proven time and time again in California with California tracks and NASCAR, the land developers win every time. Like it's it is a lot of land. Well, but it's sitting in kind of a weird spot. I mean, I don't know. I've only been to Fontana once. It's an hour outside of the city, but it, there, you know, it's LA. So there's it's Southern California. There's kind of a lot of little weird pockets of cities as you go. Uh, it's kind of a bunch, lot of industrial stuff. I feel like right around there. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure someone big, would pay uh, a lot of money for it, but I don't know how it's not like it's right there in the heart of Hollywood. It's, it's out, out in the boonies just a little, mm-hmm. but, but there's only so much could be done there too. It's not like, not like Disney could go in and build another amusement park there or something like that either. That, yeah, that's what they do every time with the with NASCAR tracks out there, housing development. Texas World Speedway is a neighborhood yeah. now. RIP to Myrtle Beach. Species. There is a line of the Burlington Northern Santa Fe Railroad goes through there too. So I mean, it's not like it, it is definitely more industrial based already because of that. Yeah, but I I just loved seeing the chat light up as soon as I said that I was completely on the other end for the most part. That's just that's the hey, you have to instigator. Admit, I, you have to admit I was tempting you with the Chicago land idea. A little bit, but at the same time, it's like, man, that that I don't think that track's ever coming back. To be completely honest with yeah, you, yeah, like aren't they doing this, something with it now? Isn't knowing, it like a, a car it, lot or something now? Yeah, it's 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 a it's a car it's a car lot uh, truck lot for FedEx. Like it's it, you know put Top so, Golf or two there. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, tr- trust me, I I wanna I wanna bring it back, but I don't I don't see it happening. Mm-hmm. Not not in this crap hole state. Um, but yeah, I think, I think we had a good debate there. Um, yeah. I think we had a good talk on it. Now I want to talk about what everyone in the chat is talking about. Can somebody get me a timer, please? We figured, we figured oh, out okay. the super chat doing. thing, yeah, so I'll fast. be able to read them. Cool. Just, Sweet. Just tell me when you got it and I, uh, I'll start reading. I'm ready when you are. All right. Just tell me when, tell me to go. Three, two, one, go. go. All right. Uh, thank you to Vote Kyle three thousand for the nineteen ninety nine super chat. Says, given the excellent Fontana weekend, is it too early to ask for the similarly flat but very different Indy Oval back? Also, do you think Todd Gordon would make a good presenter for Fox? Uh, Indy Oval, I think the locals at Indianapolis will really like that personally, um, and maybe it'll be better. So I guess maybe that they do the switch it out each year. We could maybe do that. Uh, as for Todd Gordon, yeah, I mean he seems to be pretty well spoken with how he uh, with how he presents. Uh, Groovy Goose, thank you for the dollar ninety nine super chat. Says calling my shot. Bubba wins twenty twenty three Daytona five hundred. Man, that'll be uh, that'll be a sight to see the. the I say let's focus on Todd Daggett before we focus on that far. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I'm scrolling up here. Uh, Cavante Caldwell, thank you for the five dollar super chat. Says are Kyle Busch and Kevin Harvick top ten drivers of all time, and if so. Who ranks higher? I think Jimmy Johnson's the GOAT. I mean, I think Kevin Harvick's borderline. Kyle Busch, I can Bush is. see. Yeah, Kyle Busch is top 10. I Kevin Harvick's Hart- flirting with it, though. Yeah. Uh, Spencer5478, thank you for being a nine-month member. Says, fun time at Fontana last weekend. Now on to Vegas. Groovy Goose, thank you for the $1.99 again. Says, Chase Elliott should have pulled a Herbie. 
Same track. Same track. Kirby's on the fence. <laughs> Scott McNeil. I watched that movie last night. Really? <laughs> first, time on the like fence. A, first time in like a decade. I was so hyped for that line. Kirby's on the fence. But the car, the car just winked at me. Are you okay? The car oh. just winked at me. Uh, fine, fine. Scott McNew, thank you for the $10. Says, great to see you guys. Hope all is well. Glad to finally catch the podcast. If there's something we've learned from the Gluck poll, it's that 8.5% of the population needs to get their heads examined, or 4%. Uh, group of Goose, thank you for the 499. Says, if you could build slash script the perfect race, how would that race go in your opinion? Can it apply to every track too? I think it has to be different every track, but for me, I love races that slowly Matt Kenseth leads every lap or Dale Jr. <laughs> does. Uh, but I like, but objectively I like races that build up throughout and then have this great explosion. 2018 Chicago and 2005 Daytona 500. Just every, my perfect, my perfect race is every track has a four wide finish. Every track. Uh, either, <laughs> no, no, no. The, the perfect Talladega race where everyone's wrecked. What, what is the president <laughs> said? Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what we want to see instead of real race. Uh, Ethan Kane, thank you for the 499. Says, did you hear what Dale Jr. had to say about the Auto Club reconfiguration? If they can't spend the money to do it right, I say just repave. Uh, I, I say give them some time to to do a little extra. Uh, Isaac, thank you for the two dollars. Says NASCAR Twitter busts. Darian Gilliam, I agree. Yeah. Uh, Scott McNew, thank you for the five dollars. Says, in my opinion, the driver of the race was Daniel Hemrick. Seven laps down to top ten. I Whoa, did not know that. Yes, Thanks, Scott. Seven. And time. And we'll get to the rest of those at the end of the show. But what we should get to right now is thanking another one of our sponsors, which is Lionel. Everyone get out your die cast. Uh, because Ooh. the coming lightning round is brought to you by uh, Lionel, the official die cast of NASCAR. You can get your new 2022 die casts, uh, which is not one of these. Uh, but you can get your official 2022 die casts of your favorite drivers at Lionel.com, any Lionel retailer, Walmart, uh, and don't miss their NASCAR Authentics diecast at Walmart's near you. So guys, what do we have to, I see some similarities and then there's me and Danny. What do we got? <laughs> well, we've got the lightning round coming up. I know we'll talk about it then, but uh, my boy, Matt Kenseth, back on the racetrack later this summer with the SRX and possibly uh, some super late model races as well. So uh, I have a billion Matt Kenseth cars here in my collection. I have to have an excuse to show them off. This is his 2008 car. Pretty much ran the exact same paint scheme in 2009 when he won the Daytona 500, except he had like a red roof number, which you know, I don't know why they did that. Um, but yeah, looks great. I see what you got, Darian. I'm a little jealous. Yeah, no, Jarrett was with me when I found this one. We were at the Daytona Flea Market by the track, and I saw this Matt Kenseth 1998 DeWalt Bush Series scheme when he drove a Chevy at the time, not a Ford, from 1998 for only $10. I was like, oh, I got I to take this, and I'm, I got to stun on Eric, bro, because, I mean, like, um, yeah, even Eric asked me, like, hey, are you going to, like, sell that or something like that? <laughs> like, I'm like, no, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Can't do it. Can't I, do I did it. ask that. I was like, yeah. hey, if you're not going to buy that for yourself. Uh, I'm like, no, I'm going to buy it. I'm going to buy it. It's only 10 bucks, but. I knew yeah, I should have awesome. gone to that flea market before then. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> uh, fun fact on that one that Eric has, that one. That design could potentially take the track later this season. Yeah, we'll talk about our case another doing. time. Uh, but I'm rocking the Alex Bowman 2020 design. Now this is the liquid color version. The finish come out a whole lot better on the liquid color car, in my opinion, more closer to what the actual car was. And just look at how good the 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 colors pop on here, like that teal. It all really pops good on that design. Nice. Boys, that looks good. I have Ralph. Earnhardt's old car. I know I've, I've shown this one before, but people love every time I show it. Simply before the top right here, 
go or blow. <laughs> I just I love the simplicity of this car. It's just flat white. You know, there's a few things. There's like, I think Edelman's Garage was his sponsor right here. It'll show up. There we go. I just like the simplicity of it. I, I like simple paint schemes. So, yeah. So, yeah, thank you to Lionel for sponsoring both the Super Chat segment and the coming lightning round. Uh, Jared, I just realized he had Moby up instead of Lionel. Oh. Well. Oh. <laughs> Got to give him some extra time. Give him some extra time, right? <laughs> yeah. But anyways, moving on. And it's the lightning round on the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. Jared, what do we have on tap for tonight? Well, there's a few things here. Uh, there's a lot of announcements about the SRX. Uh, Ryan Newman, Greg Biffle, Michael Waltrip, and Bobby Labani will be full-time in the SRX series this year. Matt Kenseth, as we have alluded to, will be racing three races in the SRX. Nashville, I-55, and Sharon. And then I didn't uh, see, but uh, Haley Deegan, I believe, is doing She's doing two. two. Mm-hmm. I don't know which ones, though. I fifty five and Stafford, but okay. was Matt Kenseth? He's doing three. He's doing both dirt races. I don't think Matt Kenseth has any dirt experience outside of maybe the Prelude to the Dream, like fifteen years ago. That's so cool. interesting schedule choice for my man Matt. But I, I'll at least be there, hopefully, at Nashville to cheer him on, where he, I think he has an actual mm-hmm. chance. <laughs> uh, and then apparently Kyle and Morgan Petty are having a third kid this summer, so good on them. Uh, teams are estimated to be getting a bigger cut of TV money in the new TV deal to try and kind of alleviate the burden of how many sponsorship dollars they need, according to Adam Stern. Uh, I saw Stern was reporting that it was like Michael Jordan and Denny Hamlin trying to lead that charge, which I like that New York's coming here trying to sort of help the NASCAR model evolve, but you also got to wonder how realistic some of their expectations are coming from the NBA where things are Mm -hmm. completely different than the way things work in NASCAR. Mm -hmm. I just don't know. Are they going to, I know they they're hoping they're expecting, you know, but still a couple of years away. Will that work out for them? We don't know yet. Laws in South China. Uh, Todd Bodine <laughs> is returning to the truck series this weekend. I believe it's the first time since 2013. So keep an eye out for the onion. Um, and then I love this. Richard Childress has donated over a million rounds of ammunition to support the Ukrainian fight against Russia. That's the most, that is the most Richard Childress thing I think we could have Yeah. Heard. I mean, if you got an ammo sponsor, you might as well. Yeah. Might as well. That's crazy. Uh, NASCAR did say that they have solved the uh, the overheating issues that were seen at Auto Club, according to Bob Pachris. And then, uh, hey, uh, Danny, you like you like Bass Pro Shops, right? You like it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I like worked at one for a year. I love it. Well, that oh, yeah, wasn't so a Bass I Pro do. Shop to work yeah. at. That was Tony Stewart's house, which is on sale for $30 million. Uh <laughs> But you got any? We can pull that together. We got we got enough and super chats tonight. We got enough. Like, come on, we we can pull that together. We can make a down what's, payment. What's yeah. crazy is I read in it. He's asking for cash only. You can't just finance this. <laughs> oh, the oh Randy Moss. Randy Moss can buy it. Randy straight Moss, cash, straight cash only. Oh my god! How many people are going to spend thirty million on a house in where is it in Indiana? The boonies. Uh, middle of no, yeah. No. Well, I mean, if you really it, want to become one with nature, I suppose. If, if you can afford that, it don't matter where it is. You're you you're going. I mean, he yeah. basically has like a lake built in there. So, yeah. like a nine acre lake, and it's like 400 acres of hunting ground. But then, like, inside, he has like a mini pond that's stocked with he fish. He can fish outside or inside, whichever one he wants. It's like the perfect <laughs> zombie apocalypse survival house. But yeah, that's the lightning round. So 
Darian, roll us out. And that'll do it for this edition of the Lightning Round on the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. And now, back to the show. As always, this show is also sponsored by our friends at Forney Industries. Uh, Forney offers a full line of welding and plasma cutting machines, metalworking accessories, and more. Great for do-it-yourselfers or if you're a professional metal worker, Forney has everything you need for your next project. So be sure to check them out at ForneyEnd.com. I mean, the chat was ahead of me with the Forney stuff. I love it. Check them out at ForneyEnd.com. That's Forney. I always spell it out. I-N-D. It's also down in the description below. Or look for their green logo at an authorized Forney dealer near you. So switch it up a little bit from outdoorsy to industrial talk. But thanks to Forney for sponsoring this episode, every episode of the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. What's next, Jared? Well, we uh, we talked about it earlier. We're going to Chicago, maybe. Um, let's be real. Uh, the Chicago street course may be used in 2023. Adam Stern reported this. It's up in the air. Um, two things I want to point out here. Uh, There are said to be ongoing but complicated uh, planning processes with the city and the state of Illinois, uh, and they could very well collapse. So, with that being said, um, I'll keep my Illinois thoughts to myself at the moment. I want to ask you guys, do you see this happening? Eric, start us off. I... See, I look at this report and I don't feel like it's really saying anything. I mean, it's, I guess other than saying, oh, yeah, they are still talking to them, which, you know, after all the work they put into broadcasting the iRacing event less than a year ago and everything, like you figure they were going to keep talking to them. They were going to continue this process of trying to make something happen. Um, I don't know. I, I'm still I'm skeptical that it happens in 2023. And I, and I get the impression every year at this point that it doesn't happen. It becomes less likely that it will. But. I still think it's a good idea. We've had this conversation on the podcast before. I don't remember exactly where all of us landed on it, but I love the idea of one street race, especially in a big city. Would Chicago be my first choice? Maybe not, but it's a good sports town. It is a big city and it is kind of in an area. It's in the Midwest where there's a lot of racing fans. And right now with no Chicago land on the schedule, there's not a whole lot of great racetracks uh, or NASCAR races being run in that immediate region of the country. So uh, it would serve a lot of people and it would be, a great way of NASCAR to bring the product to the people, something that Justin Marks has talked a lot about. I do think going forward, if we want to continue to fill seats consistently, I think the days of tracks being built an hour outside of cities are probably going to become less and less frequent. We're going to start going to tracks that are closer to downtowns, a la Nashville Fairgrounds or the LA Memorial Coliseum. We're going to start trying to, to make to make singular massive events and I'm going to try to take over a city. I can't remember who said it, but a few people said it after the clash that Los Angeles felt NASCAR's presence, like the city, their signage ever people knew there's something going down at the Coliseum this week. Whereas a typical race at Fontana, I don't think creates that kind of buzz. A street race in the cities in the city of Chicago would be, it would not go unnoticed. So it'd be expensive, may not be the best and most entertaining race, but with these cars showing to be as versatile as they are, it's worth doing at least once. I hope it happens. I'm 50-50 on if it will. Something to note there about what you just said there, Eric. Uh, the Clash definitely helped Fontana. Though. The infield looked like it was more packed, and the stands looked like it was a lot more full than recent years in Fontana. Um, going back to this race, though, um, I think it's more likely that it doesn't happen. But if it does happen, I do want to point out there would be this huge storyline that probably wouldn't get picked up too much till right before it happens. 
But the idea of Michael Jordan returning to Chicago as a NASCAR team owner, that's got to be something pretty cool to see, too. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the only way this would be successful is like, I mean, obviously, like, the, you know, in the same way the clash was successful, like the city has to feel the presence like, yay, something's happening, like NASCAR's in town, you know, if you're going to have a street race, that's, um, that's a step in the right direction, but you need to, you know, promote the hell out of this thing. And so like, hey, we're going to be on a street course, Michael Jordan's returning to, you know, his city and stuff that he made famous with the Bulls, you know, he's a team owner now, that sort of thing. Or whatever so because I, I i feel like if they are able to 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 uh to market this well in the uh chicago sports media you know side of things i really think it could be a uh, you know a major hit with the city but also too i noticed this and we'll talk more about this um later on uh you know this idea being brought up on social media brought a lot of fans out of the woodwork saying what about chicagoland let's just go back to chicagoland here and there so I mean, it, I think I think it's a great idea, but don't forget we have a pretty good mile and a half track in in the city or so, by the city. So I'm like, so I'm kind of torn with this. Like one, on one hand, we've seen with the LA race that this you know this can be pulled off, and and you can have uh, you can have a, a strong response from a generally non NASCAR audience, uh, but at the same time. And, and maybe this, you know, this is probably heresy for most Illinois natives. I personally don't like Chicago as a city. Like, I, I think it's very dirty, and the, the media itself there is not very open when it comes to, to outsiders in, in that much of a sense, unless they're, like, really, really good. Um, and I just, I don't know how the L.A. media is in general or the L.A. fans are, but I just know that Chicago sports fans and Chicago media – holds their teams to a sometimes unrealistically high standard and certainly more intense oh the, oh totally dude it, At, like la i would consider it, to be man. lackadaisical dude, compared dude, to chicago oh my god dude chicago sports it's like you know the, the, every year the every bears are even doing slightly good they're like worse than cowboys at times well it's, it's it's like every every team's gonna win the the championship super bowl whatever until the first game um i I personally think that if if NASCAR could pull it off in Chicago, they could pull it off anywhere. I I think that you have to completely bank on Michael Jordan. Like Michael Jordan has to be every single in every single commercial, has to go on every single show because he is. They I gotta get Bubba in a Bulls car. Hey, I, I, I wouldn't want to see him no. do that. Oh, sorry, I'll let you finish your point. I wouldn't want to see that. Though. No, I, I I wouldn't think that the anything with Bulls really as much is just. Michael Jordan is a god in Chicago, the same way that someone like Mike Ditka is. And it's it's a different level compared to any other city. I don't care what any of you say about your cities, the way that Chicago views those two men is in like a godlike status. So if you have Michael Jordan behind it with a Chicago-based uh, entertainment venue like a Chicago street course for NASCAR... I, in my opinion, that's the only way you can legitimize this race for Chicago natives to come out, which let's be real, like the LA Coliseum race, that's who you're going after, Chicago natives, people who in general are not watching NASCAR races in large amounts. Um, personally, you know my take right now, go back to Chicagoland. It's a better track. It's going to be hard to do it, but I would, I'll, I'll chain myself to the track in front of the bulldozers if I have to, to bring it back. Like we bring could, that one back. It's, it'll be better. We could race on Soldier Field again. I mean, the Bears aren't going to be using it soon. Dude, so I, I think I honestly think that that I'd almost 
It'd be a better go idea. Go before I go more, street yeah. or space. Now I, I disagree. I think you could get Chicago sports fans to come out with, even without just pumping Michael Jordan into everything. Cause I don't even know. I don't know how close Michael Jordan has kept tabs on that city. I feel like Michael Jordan's kind of disconnected from oh, Chicago. Michael since Jordan's his ca- they don't care. Like the, it, he is, he is a, he is a literal God, like in the hundred mile radius well, in Illinois and Chicago. My thing is like they got LA fans to go to the clash and they didn't put magic Johnson on the big screen or anything like that, you know, or, or so I feel like they could pull off a street race in Chicago and get a big turnout without I, the thing is my issue with the clash. My only issue with the clash is I think they went too different. I think, non-NASCAR fans who watched that race or went to that race and maybe enjoyed it are now going to go watch or go to another race, literally even at Fontana, and they're going to get a completely different experience. And they're going to be like, well, was I lied to at the clash? This is not what I thought NASCAR was. The clash told me something different. So I wouldn't want, you know, NASCAR, if they were to ever go to Chicago for a street race or any sort of race in Chicago, I wouldn't want them to just fill everyone's heads with it's Michael Jordan. Cause Michael Jordan in the grand scheme of things is such a small minuscule part of what NASCAR That's how is. You sell it though. But I'm saying, but they didn't need to do that in LA. So my thing is that they didn't need to. LA is. LA, it's not. They use celebrities. (laughs) Yeah. I'm saying, but I I think that's the difference. I don't know. I think Chicago Chicago fans show up to things without Michael Jordan, have been showing up to things without Michael Jordan for (laughs) for years. Dude, they do not show up unless their team is winning. Like Cubs fans, Sox fans never show up. And the Bulls are winning this year. So And they haven't been showing up before that the Soldier Field is empty if the Bears aren't doing well. Like, Chicago fans demand well, that's excellence. Also, that's to be fair. That's Chicago in the winter. I think if you put if you schedule this well, I think you'll get fans to show up. I mean, you got fifty thousand people in LA to go through LA traffic and go see a short track NASCAR race. I think you if you race this literally in the streets, people would show up who didn't even know there was a race going on. They just go, oh, I guess I'm at this race now. That's kind of the beauty of street races. But now, now that you bring up some, I, I can't remember who brought up the whole Soldier Field football idea. I would rather see that than a street. It'd be a better race idea. Than I, I would do. It. It'd be a better. Yeah. I, I just think the, the view would not be that good for this race. Yeah, I mean it's a street course. I mean, like you're really, it's you know it's going to be so oh. spread out and stuff. You're not going to see yeah. every corner and stuff, you know. And also just the racing product the too. Usually, awesome. yeah, and and usually street course racing. I mean, like yeah, IndyCar they have a good enough packaging, good enough drivers to put on a show. But like for NASCAR, I don't know. I feel like it would be too spread out, you know. And also this would take place in downtown Chicago, correct? Yeah. Hide your glocks, yo. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 I'm sorry. There's a reason we call it Chirac out here in Illinois. <laughs> yeah, there is a reason. I'm like, the, I'm I'm sorry. And again, maybe it's because I didn't grow up going to Chicago every week. I'm sorry. That city sucks. It's awful. <laughs> it is so overrated. It is one of the most overrated places on earth. It's dirty. It's dangerous. It's it's infrastructure's awful. It's it's completely overrated. I'm sorry. I'm too biased to talk objectively on this subject. It's one of the few left that I cannot talk objectively oh. on. I think it's I think it's awful. I'm sorry. Uh, if it works out, it would work out great. But I think we have a perfectly good track 90 miles away that fans actually want, and we have a perfectly 90 good... miles away. <laughs> yeah. You just killed it right there. Like, <laughs> but Chicago miles. fans won't show up unless you literally shove something like that that reminds them of when they were a winning city in their face. They they I don't think, they think, don't show up for anything unless their teams win. I don't know. I th- I think you don't you're not looking for like a three hundred thousand people. It's it's a street race. I think you get people to show up. I don't think uh, depending on where it lands they on the schedule. They can't get five thousand people to show up to a Sox game. Hey, look, Chicago White Sox. Look, it, you know the street race. You know if it happens, you know yay. If it doesn't, I'm not. I, I don't. You know it's not really going to affect me. But I, I do think though a a race at, um, inside Soldier Field that would be more be intriguing. Yeah, it would be way better by far. I, I, it'd, it'd be, be more fun. I think, 
I'd be a be- I think it would be a better experience, but I'm I do think if they try a street, I'd like to see them try a street race just to see if it works. I, I, I still would love to see a street race elsewhere. If you if sure, I, it doesn't have to be Chicago. I, I said as I said at the very beginning, Chicago probably wouldn't even be my first choice. I'm selfish. I'd pick Houston. They've run Indy cars run here before, yeah. but I also understand Chicago is a bigger market. So yeah, maybe they're a fickle market. Maybe they don't show up. Perfect. But I think I think they would. Perfect analogy. Perfect analogy. William Murray right here. Chicago is the Moss Isley of America. Perfect analogy. Perfect. I don't understand that reference. Hey, oh, it's a what is that? It's mean? a Star Wars. Tatooine. Oh. Tatooine. Just remember okay. the city in Tatooine. If you got you got Chicago fans to you got fifty sixty thousand people in Chicago to go to Chicago Land every year, I think you can get more than that for a street yeah. race in downtown. That's that's okay. my thing. Okay, what I'm trying to ask is if they try this, would you want it as a points race or would you want it as an exhibition race? Exhibition. I, I, I wouldn't no, mind I, if it. I'm. I don't mind. I'm if not, it's a point I'm not race, having honestly. somebody in the end of the year somehow lose a championship over a Chicago pothole. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm just serious. don't put this they in the playoffs, happen. and I'm good. Just don't put this in the playoffs. Just hide it. In, hide it in June. Well, you really or something, only. Can, yeah. I'm a very. You only really can fit this in the summer because there's no way yeah, that, that you're yeah. doing this when there's the most sports going on in Chicago in the fall. Make it the All Star race. Drop yes. Texas. I know this uh, isn't going to happen, but Bowman is winning the All Star race. Uh, the all-star race being on a road course the, i don't know oh that. my god would you really rather, race, would you rather the all-star be race has sucked for 20 or not 10, oh god. 15 years just put it on a short track i don't know but i agree with I that but if we're thinking of alternatives other than you know having the uh, have race them, decide by a pothole have them do a one-lap race around lake michigan you know as <laughs> the race <laughs> have them race on one of the chicago ferries for all i care <laughs> navy pier how big is that a thing they can fit a 30, 40 cars on there, right? <laughs> we'll give it a shot. Right. We'll I think shot. I'm done talking about a, a hypothetical race Let's, at this point. I, okay, if we're doing a Pit street stop race, at Giordano's. If we're doing a street okay, that is good. Uh, uh, I sold them. The pizza's good. The pizza. The pizza's good. Um, Chicago pizza is the best in the world. Anyway. If you're gonna do a street race, let's do Denver. That's the one they were, they keep talking about doing one at. Let's do Denver. It's a it's a place where there's not many. Ra- let's be real. There's not really many sports teams that are going that far out compared to any other region in the country. Let's do that. I don't know. You know anything but Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> and we can even uh, sponsor a furniture get Furniture Row to sponsor the Furniture Row 150 at. Uh, yeah. They'll, they'll make their What's triumphant that? return. Wasn't Barney Visser like at the Daytona 500 last yeah, he was. week? He well, was, well, yeah, yeah. He's, he's actually been involved in a lot of manufacturing for parts of the next gen car. Actually, yeah, hmm. yeah, he's still around. I think that's that's super interesting. That's anyway, but yeah, I just I, I I'd say you know we pretty much covered what everyone is thinking. The strong feedback, fan response to bring back Chicagoland. I'm in that biased uh, corner. I mean, I will say this: Redneck Jesus is too. Dale Jr. said we should bring that one back instead of going to a street race. So just yeah. just saying, I got I got him on my side. Um, but I guess we don't have really too much more to add to it, do we? Nope. Street race oh, in hold Hawaii. On. Hold on. One final question. Jared, do you like Chicago? <laughs> Wait, Jared, I play, I play show me up, show me where Chicago hurt you, okay? Let, let, <laughs> let me know. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Well I don't even know if I'd go to that race. I'm sorry, I'm man. I'm sorry. There, there's so many places I'd go in the country. Chicago ain't one of them, um, especially before nine in the morning. Uh, so we do have things that we are ex- all four of us excited about, and one of them is Las Vegas this weekend. 
Darren, Darren, what's it like knowing that this is like, you know, the first time for this part of the year in Las Vegas where you're not out there for the race? Uh, it's, it's different. Like I was, I was contemplating like, man, should I fly back? But then I'm like, nah, I I got other races I plan on going to. I do hope I can, uh, go cover the uh, Las Vegas playoff race though, like last year. So we'll see if that happens, but yeah, no, um, my parents got tickets though. So, nice. um, I don't know, my mom and my stepdad, they're really looking forward to seeing if the, uh, next gen's really going to be really good on a mile and a half. So we'll see. Well, you're in central time now, right? Oh, yep. That's right. Get used to those late starts. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I see, I see what all the fuss is about now on the West coast and be like, ah, who cares? But now I'm like living here. I'm like, oh, oh okay, it was even worse. See. Like when we were in Georgia, cause that was on East coast time. He's like, dang, yeah. this is what they had to deal with. Oh, it's you're crazy. in the Canon time zone. Time zone. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, speaking of uh, times and everything, let's get to the races. We got the truck race. That is going to be the Victoria's voice foundation 200. Uh, it'll be 134 laps. It's starting at 9 p.m. Eastern time <laughs> on FS1 what? and MRN. 9 so Eastern? 9 okay. Eastern I'm, time. I'm sorry. I'm going fishing next day. I'll be sleeping. Sorry. That's crazy. And That's crazy, bro. The weather is... Uh, it, it, looked, it looked better. Uh, 62 degrees, cool weather with showers, 80% chance of rain. We got our first really... Big chance right, of rain for a race so far this year. And, and also, desert. And also, oh, oh dude, it's Vegas. Like it, it yeah. can, it varies during the spring. Yeah, it varies. Uh, but the defending winner is John Hunter Nemechek. Just keep that in your mind. Nemechek. Nemechek. Uh, the Xfinity race is the Allsco Uniforms 300. It is a 200-lap race starting at 4:30 p.m. Eastern time on FS1. But the radio will be PRN. Uh, MRN covers all the truck races, but P-R-N. as for P-R-N. Xfinity and Cup, PRN. Uh, the weather for that one, 56 degrees as a high, and it's going to be breezy in the morning, but should clear up in the afternoon. Oh, hell no. 20, it's cold. 20, <laughs> shut up. It's <laughs> it's 54 degrees in here. <laughs> it's That's cold for Vegas. Anyway, it's anyway, cold. it's 25% chance of rain. I'm pretty sure it will be good to go, especially since it gets better later in the day. Uh, the defending winner of that one, A.J. Allmendinger. And then you got the cup race. Cup race is the Pennzoil 400. It's 267 laps starting at 3.30 p.m. Eastern time on Fox and PRN. Uh, and the weather on Sunday, 61 degrees Fahrenheit, partly sunny, a little bit cool, 6% chance of rain. Kyle Larson is your defending winner. A few notes here before we go right into it. Uh, Danica Patrick is going to be in the cup booth this week. And I believe next week in Phoenix, I think she mm-hmm. lives yes. on the West coast now. So I think sense. she lives in Phoenix. I think. Yes. Yeah, so that I'm makes sense. Yeah. Uh, changes to practice. Also, uh, a lot of the teams spoke up to NASCAR and they've changed a little bit here to provide the teams with more time on the track to practice their practice sessions will not be, or the practice session will not be split into two groups, but instead as a one 35-minute session for every car to go out on Saturday, followed by group qualifying. So a little bit of change if you're uh, wanting to watch more normal practice on TV. Not not what we're going to have for the rest of the year, but at least for this week. Uh, Darian, who are our favorites going into this weekend? Ah, uh, yes, the betting odds. Darian, Darian's betting odds. Let's go. So this is from VegasInsider.com, and, you know, fittingly so. You know, we're racing in Las Vegas this weekend. Kyle Larson enters this week as the odds-on favorite at plus 500, followed by Joey Logano and Chase Elliott, both tied for second at plus 750. In fourth, Ryan Blaney. 
plus 1,000. And finally, rounding out the top five, Denny Hamlin is plus 1,200. Now, here is the best of the rest, uh, three of them. Uh, Kyle Busch and William Byron are both uh, at th- uh, uh, plus 1,300 apiece. And finally, uh, Tyler Reddick is plus 1,400. Now, for my favorite part of this segment, the underdogs. Eric Jones enters this weekend at plus 2,500. Daniel Suarez at plus 3,000. Chase Briscoe plus 5,000, as well as Ricky Stenhouse Jr., and finally, Ross Chastain at plus eight thousand. So, if you want to make some money, I mean, those are some pretty pretty good odds too for how they uh, some of those guys performed last weekend at 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 Auto Club. So, be on the lookout. Now, now Darian, as when it pertains to another way of predicting different races, how's our fantasy league looking? Well, first off, congratulations to to the fantasy league for the first time ever. Like all a hundred people played. Like when I first started this too. Like even for the season opening races at um, uh, at the uh, at 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 Daytona, like only like ninety something people would play and stuff. So like we've never had all a hundred people playing. So I really appreciate it. Um, and as for the point standings right now, it is tight. Now we're only two races in, but it's looking really exciting. We have a tie for first place between Wizard Hook 188 and Young's 550. In third place is Weaver 24. Fourth place is Trevor Sports 98. And rounding out the top five is Jets 48. Now some notables too. My mom, BFM mom, is way, way, way ahead of me, tied for seventh. Um, And then let's see, let's see if we can find some other notables too. Um, oh, I noticed this one. Matt Dog, Mad Dog Matt, who's in my Discord, he's in 25th. Blue Jimmy 48 fan in 36. Daniel Baldwin, 39th. Uh, oh, yeah, the famous 60,000 Ks in 48th. And I'm right underneath him in 49th. So I have some work to do to catch up. Up half of the field, barely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, as for pick points, Chet, congratulations. Y'all are still leading. You got 47 points in total so far this season. Darian. Can, can, I, can I just say something here real quick before you get to it? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm happy where I'm at finally. <laughs> you froze for a second. Yeah. Froze for a Darian is minus five and second. Eric, you are third, now minus 18. Danny is fourth, minus 20. And you know what? I got my championship. I'm out. I'm last, minus 21. <laughs> get in my basement. For the first we time in over a year, you. Danny is ahead of me. Somebody uh, clipped Danny saying, get in my basement. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway. Uh, anyway. We got picks. I need to get going. Get some spots here. Uh, let's just go in order of the points in the chat. Start putting in your picks now for the uh, the truck race. Darian, start us off. Who is your pick to win the truck race? Oh, it's obvious. Kyle Busch is in the race. So Kyle Busch, KFB. <laughs> That's it. That was easy. <laughs> that was easy like that. So yeah, Kyle Busch. Eric. Man, I, I really wanted to say Zane Smith goes back to back, but uh, now I got to go Kyle Busch. I don't want to lose mm-hmm. points. It's lame, but I got to pick him. Yeah, I'd like to say John Nemechek, but Kyle Busch, he's going to go with. Well, uh, as for the podcast panel itself, we're doing a clean sweep on Kyle Bush. Nobody is losing anything, so I'm, I'm and in I, that department. And I the think chat, the chat. The chat well, is cool. We got a clean sweep of Kyle Bush. We might as well. Yeah. We're, we're I'm saying some name a check in there. Yo, but... it's Kyle Bush. That's, it's Kyle Bush. That's full yeah. Kyle Bush. Well, uh, maybe the Bush, maybe the, uh, not Bush, the Xfinity race will have a little more uh, parity when it comes to who the picks are. Darian, who is your pick to win the Xfinity race? 
No, I'm not giving up quite yet. Ty Gibbs, good old Ty Gibbs. I'm not going to pick him for every race this season, but I think he'll have a much better race than last week. Ty Gibbs. Ryan Truex is in the 18 car this week. How about that? So I'm not picking that car. No disrespect to Ryan Truex. That's such a diss. I didn't mean to. I I was just just double checking to make sure Kyle Busch wasn't in this race, but I was like, wait, he's not doing Xfinity this year, at least as far as we know. I was making sure it wasn't like a Hamlin or a Truex, but no. Uh, I'm going to go with the guy who's, I don't think he's won an Xfinity race yet, but his teammate won it at Daytona, Sheldon Creed. Uh, I'm surprised none of y'all picked this guy. He won here last year in Michael Annette's car. Josh Berry can go get the win That's at right. Las Vegas again in the eight car for the first time this season. Well, I picked Barry last week, and that didn't turn out too good for me. So I'm going to go with his teammate, uh, Noah Gregson. I think Gregson's performance overall has really shot up in the past, I'd say, you know, last 10 races of last year going into this one. So I think Gregson's going to get the win. Uh, Darian, isn't that his hometown track, too? Gregson, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah he's from Las Vegas. Yeah, he went to Gorman, though. Yeah, he's he was Gorman. on the rich side of town. <laughs> Well, well doesn't matter what side of town he's on right now. He's going to be on the winning side of town on Saturday. Uh, now it looks like there's a lot of there's a lot of AJ's and a lot of Gregsons. I'm going to put a poll up while we go to the cups uh, cup yeah. suck picks. So yep. um, while I do that, Darian, start us off. Who do you think is going to suck this weekend uh, for the Cup Series? Who is going to suck? I mean, like you know. Last week, when it comes to mind who uh, you know who's going to suck, you know Harvick, he obviously had you know the problems with practice and stuff, but then he but he did end up coming back towards the end. Um, I think it'll stay in the uh, Stuart Haas racing camp. I, you know he did show some improvement last week, but I do have to see more. So for now, I'm going to say Cole Custer sucks. But until I'm proven otherwise, then I'll stop picking him. I'm going to go with, well, I've, I've not been impressed with 2311 racing to start this year. I'm going to go with Kurt Busch. Uh, I know he won at Las Vegas a couple years ago, but it took him a long time to finally win at his home track. I'm not convinced this is his best place on the schedule. And it's so similar to Auto Club, at least as far as, you know, high speed. You know, it's an it's a intermediate track. I don't see Kurt Busch running better than 18th. Uh, I ain't going to say he'll do bad the entire race. But I'm actually going to say a bad day for Chase Elliott this week. All the drama from this past weekend going to carry over, get in his head. He's going to do bad at Las Vegas. Well, I'm going to continue on this trend here. Uh, this poor guy can't catch a break. And, well, Brad Kozlowski's in the field this week. Harrison Burton. <laughs> uh, and looking at the chat, I, it, it was looking like Cole Custer, but I feel like Bubba kind of took control of the chat. So yeah, I'm seeing they're going a lot of bubbles. They're going Bubba Wallace when it comes to another, another notable mention is uh Justin Haley. He's had an incident every rec- every race this that's year. That's right. Yeah, that's right. And uh as for who the chat is picking, they're agreeing with me this week. Noah Gregson is who they're picking. 137 votes, 58% Noah, and it's been growing slowly and but steadily. As far as the suck pick for this it's going bubba it looks like yeah yeah bubbles somebody said bubbles Bubby. <laughs> all right so who's gonna be the dark horse this week darian um you know i it, it's in the rcr camp i'm gonna go with eric jones i mean there's a lot of drivers to choose from you know you have you know your austin dillons your tyler x and stuff but eric jones stuck out to me the most 
because when was the last time we saw the famous 43 up front that consistently in a race? It's been a very, very long time. Bobby I mean, Labonte and, or maybe, yeah. maybe Eric Almirola, but. I, yeah, Eric Almirola for Chicagoland 2014 in the playoffs. That'd be the only time, but yeah. then he, he didn't have a, uh, the, uh, the best of finishes. But I think Eric Jones will at least get a top 10 this weekend. So Eric Jones. See, I'm sticking with a Chevy driver, maybe a, a not as often thought of Chevy driver, but I'm going to go with Ross Chastain. Heck, I picked him to make the playoffs before the season started. He's got to start making up points at some point. I think a typical traditional mile and a half like this is a good chance for him to do that. I think my underdog this week is one that we're not going to see too often, but hey, we see him this week, Greg Biffle. I think if he can even hang in the top 25, top 20, you know, that is basically an RCR prepared car. I, I think this could be a great chance to see what New York racing can do with Greg Biffle behind the wheel here at Las Vegas. Uh, I'm going to stick with this guy uh, since he is, I mean, is he leads a statistical category that's good. Should he even be a, a dark horse or an underdog? I'm going Eric Almarola. I think I think he can go three for three uh, to start the year with top tens. Uh, as for the chat, I saw a lot of forty threes in there. Uh, a lot of I see a lot of Suarez's and Jones. I yeah. see a lot of Jones and Ross. I'm I'm gonna lead just because that's the common denominator of like of of Jones. Yeah. Seen. I think it's I think it's Eric Jones. Uh, yeah. So that leaves one last pick. Who's gonna win? Who's gonna win at Las Vegas? You're starting. Oh, I'm, oh, I'm going first. That's right. I'm going first. That's right. I thought Eric was going first for some reason. All right. So I feel like the obvious suspects are in the Penske and Hendrick Motorsports camp. You have your Kyle Larsons, you know, you have your Ryan Blaney's, your Joey Logano's. I'm gonna go outside the box here. What we saw from this guy last week, I, I think he's gonna he's, he's got something to prove this week, and he without a doubt should have won with how dominant he was. I'm going to say Tyler Reddick gets his first career win in the cup series. That's a, that's a bit of a risk, but Hey, I'm going to go for it. I was going to take Reddick, um, but not, then I'll go with my backup. I'll go with the safe pick. This isn't a fun pick. This isn't an exciting pick, but I'll go Kyle Larson. I think Larson does it two weeks in a row. And I don't think that Reddick brings the same speed two weeks in a row. I do think, Ryan Blaney is who will win this weekend, though. I'm, I'm going to Blaney this weekend. Well, I am going to go with somebody who is a pretty safe pick for this track. Blaney's teammate. I'm going Joey Giggles Logano. I think that Logano is going to get the win this week. And I'm looking at the chat, and it is a landslide for the five. Um, oh yeah, I see a lot of Larson. It is Larson. I don't even see a five. I, I see a ton of well, Reddicks. Oh well, no. Now, now they have a bunch. Of, I've been I've been watching the chat the whole time, and it, it's uh, I don't know. Put Reddick and Larson up there. I want to see if it's a blow. Yeah, I'm saying one more Reddick than I am Larson. Put a yeah, poll. I haven't it's seen a Larson in a while. I'll put a poll. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So it was Kyle Larson and Tyler Reddick, the two most we're seeing. We're so I, I'll say this. I. I feel good about it. I'm going with Larson because I want to try and make up points on Darian. But Reddick, think about it, he's broke twice this year from the lead and we're mm-hmm. only three races in. And, and, you know, let's scrap Daytona. That's Daytona. So the two real races, he's blown up while in the lead. At some point, he's going to make it to the finish, right? Third right? time's a charm, right? Yeah, I would say. I would hope so. Well, it's, it's pretty neck and neck after about 49 votes. I don't know. Like, it was definitely Larson at first, yeah, but there's just so many Reddicks that just came flying in. I think yeah. It was close. 
Yeah, I, I've been. I was watching from the start, but yeah, I mean, if they're gonna go with Reddick, they can have Reddick. Reddick pulling away. Yeah, it's fifty-six percent for Reddick. Well, I mean, we can wait until maybe we get a few more yeah. votes, but I mean, it's looking pretty. Yeah, hundred seven votes. All right, let them go for it. Reddick's your pick. Yep, Reddick. All right, you and me, chat. We're in the same boat again. Stop picking the same driver as me. Yeah, that's the second week in a while. Picking a defensive line. I, I couldn't go the same route you went this week, Darren. I had to do a little different this week. Yeah. Well, thank you all for uh, jumping in the chat there. I, I love seeing all those picks roll through. It's fun, man. But yeah. uh, mm-hmm. something else I think we should be thanking them for is, uh, well, their support. So I'm going to roll through these last couple Super Chats because I saw a lot more of them coming in. Uh, yep. So let's get into it. Uh, Andrew Meyer, thank you for the five dollars. Uh, says it was my first cup race this Sunday, and it was a blast. Ryan Blaney's pit crew was atrocious. The short track is better long term for this track, though. Well, glad you had fun. Yeah, glad you had fun. I, I hope you have fun if it's a short track. Uh, I <laughs> Isaac, thank you for the five dollars. Says speaking as a Byron fan, should I be worried about Byron thirty first in points with two DNFs to start the season? Not yet. Not yet. Um. GN, thanks for the $5, says, I was at Auto Club in person. Great weekend in parody. MRN Radio on 454 uh, was funny as always. Only complaint was five, six lap cautions for single car spins. Uh, Fat Dad says, for $10, Chase Chase fan base is one of the most toxic in all of sports. They make it near impossible to root for a guy or for the guy. Yeah, Larson made a bad move, but good lord, relax. They act like they know all things one hundred percent. I think that's a lot of fan bases, though. I, I I get I get the passion of it. Uh, Gator Gang twenty twenty two for five dollars says I am an Elliott fan, but I love watching Larson. Feel so bad for Reddick. Shame a few dumbass people give us such a bad name. Be blessed. Byron wins at Vegas. Uh, he also says for two dollars, and I mean a few Chase fans. I get it. Yeah, I don't get me wrong. I'm not blaming everybody. Uh, Scott McNew says the single lug nut makes it impossible. Uh, I'm assuming that's for uh, uh, for redoing the Changing. tires. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, Johnny G for five dollars says Larson spotter must be getting nervous. Three races in, three spot, uh, three bad spotting calls, resulting in a whole lot of wrecked cars. And a lot of mad teammates now. Yeah, Larson's been a missile. He KO'd yeah. just was it Justin mm-hmm. Haley? He he it was I, I'll cut him some psych the Daytona deal and I think he's fun Harvick. That was kind he of did, bad yeah. timing. But then this, I mean, he's been a missile this year. That's 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 true. Uh Gavin Adcock, thank you for the five dollars. Says as a Larson fan, I don't think he should have won Auto Club. I think either Reddick or Elliott should have won instead. Well, base Larson fan. Uh, Scott McNew says, speaking of baseball, <laughs> oh, where'd it go? Crap. There we go. Oh, nope. There we go. Rob <laughs> uh, Rob Manfred should be fired, in my opinion. I think you have a lot of people to support you. And also uh, says, only 60% great. Wow, I thought it'd be higher about the poll. Uh, and thanks for being a member for five months. Uh, Sean Traylor, thank you for the $5, says, I don't understand how Larson didn't see Chase with the giant Mickey Mouse ears on top of Chase's car. Hashtag go Larson. (laughs) 
Philip Richards, thanks for being a member for 10 months. Says, hate being late for the podcast. Hope everything is well. Well, it's all well, and thank you for showing up when you did. It's all good, man. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you Thank you for uh, the $5. Says, having old enemies catch up during the stage break at Fontana was awesome. That means we need to see Danica dial up Stenhouse. Yes. <laughs> hey. Make it happen, Stenhouse. Holy shit. Uh Scott McNew, thanks for the two dollars. <laughs> says Detroit can give Chicago a run for its money, Jared. Oh yeah, I agree. I agree. Um vote Kyle three thousand for five dollars says Chicago Street Race. Uh Cleveland Burke Lake Front Airport race is where it's at. Ohio loves racing. I'd I'd be down for an airport race at least once. Uh same with the street race, just not in Chicago. Uh chips never 957, thank you for the five dollars. Says Cup Series race at Troy. That's some Canadian stuff, man. Um, Troyes Rivieres, uh, you'll get nice. a street course race and a Canadian race in one event. I'm sorry, I, I, I'm I'm bad with English. I'm American. We're not very cultured um, here. Maybe, so, maybe, sorry. Maybe even do a double header with the Pinty series. That'd be really cool. Get some oh, light on oh, that, man. He understood that. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be cool. Oh, I love these names. Twisted underscore nipples 82 for $5. Says five bucks for Eric's to show me where Chicago hurt you on a card doll. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a laugh I needed. Thanks, guys, for all you do. Well, no problem. Uh, I just noticed I'm fanning myself. Meanwhile, you're freezing to death in there, yep. Jared. Yeah. You're yep. fanning yourself with sticky notes, too. What the yeah. heck? Uh, hot My Piss, God. thank you for being a member for five months. Uh, sorry I missed last week. Shame me. Nah, no shame, man. Thanks. There's no for, shame. Thanks for, you, got, you got stuff you got to do. Yeah, thanks for coming in when you did. That, we're happy either way. Uh, thank you to the Super, Scott, uh, Super Squad for the $1.69 nice cents. Uh, <laughs> Kylito's Corner, uh, thank you for the $2. Says $2 to buy good luck for Seabell this weekend. Man, you might need to get a little more, but. I don't know if that's how that works, but no, appreciate but, it. But thank you. <laughs> thank you. And then uh, GN, thank you for the $2. Says Jeff Gluck's poll was at 91.5% for a good race. I mean, we had 89% net positive, and I think it's close. in general, we have a little more negative uh, audience <laughs> when it comes to our voting. So mm -hmm. we'll say it broke even. Um, but yeah, that does it for, uh, super chats rolling in tonight. Thank you guys so much for the support. It's awesome seeing it, uh, in the mm -hmm. chat, super chats, wherever it is. It's cool seeing all y'all, um, lick that like button while I'm thinking about it. Let's get those likes up. Uh, but as, as for tonight, uh, one last thing I guess I want to say is a uh, happy birthday to my grandpa. It's his birthday. And, oh, uh, yeah. happy birthday. Happy birthday, happy sir. Birthday. If it wasn't for him, I probably wouldn't be a NASCAR fan. So I think. Just everyone give a bunch of happy birthdays for him in the chat. Uh, but yeah, that I think I think it covers everything I wanted to say for tonight. I don't know about you guys. Um, Where will we be next week? Yes. Yeah. Next week we'll be back on Danny's channel. Where is Danny? Danny's down there. We'll be on Danny's <laughs> channel, uh, March 9th, 8 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, Danny, I think I think we're having a lot of fun stuff to to talk about. Yeah, we'll definitely uh, have a lot to talk about for that one. Um, Join us on my channel. We're already back. We were there last week. Now we're back over here again next week. So mm -hmm. see you there at 8 p.m. Eastern time next Wednesday on my channel. If you're not subscribed to my channel, make sure you are subscribed. Um, subscribe to all four of us as well so you never miss another episode of the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. And I have one tease I want to say. I don't have anything to announce yet, but next week I've been working on something 
pretty cool. At least very cool for me. I hope you guys find it fun as well. But next week, I think before we go live on the podcast, we'll get to talk about a little on the podcast Wednesday night. I'm going to have a pretty uh, pretty heavy announcement to make for uh, for next next week's race. So that's going to be exciting stuff. I'm excited about it. I hope everybody else is just as excited. There's no way everybody else is as excited about it as I am, but no. I can't wait to share I, it with everybody. I'm, I'm personally just spooked thinking about it. So. I think it's going <laughs> to surprise a few people. Absolutely shock some people. You might yeah. say. Anyway, so we'll we'll talk about that next week. We can't wait to be, can't wait to be on Danny's channel. Back back and forth week after week. <laughs> yep. Well, guys, do we have anything else? Uh, anything else we want to say? We we good? We good? Yep. We all good. Let Eric, Eric. Yeah. Yeah. Dale calling you. Oh shoot! It's always just—it's just, it's just laying on my floor, like upside down, like flipped over it. But yes, it's here. It's, it's so bad. Some carpet fuzz on it, but that's okay. All right. See y'all next week. Uh, almost. That sounded better. Oh, that's good. Goodbye. Very great. Holy moly! Take off! Yeah. This guy. Thank you. Hell yeah. Woo! Great job, man. Fuck you. Now we got a crash car spinning left and right. Buddy, let her rip. Rain like hell, baby. Eric Estep here. This episode is brought to you by Forney Industries. Get it done with green. Forney offers a full line of welding and plasma cutting machines, metalworking accessories, and more. For do-it-yourselfers all the way to professional metalworkers, Forney has everything you need for your next project. Shop Forney's top-of-the-line products at forneyind.com. That's Forney, F-O-R-N-E-Y, ind, I-N-D.com, or at an authorized Forney dealer near you.